And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Wipe a blank page or canvas. The challenge. Bring order to the whole. Through design. Composition. Balance. Light and harmony. Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Episode 153, buddy. Bam. We're rocking. I we, got, we have got a guest. Yes, we do. Um, no more of that just me and you shit. Sitting around talking, telling stories. <laughs> Old man yells a cloud, <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, this week we've got painter-illustrator Matthew Sylvester. Matthew, I met Matthew through, of all things, Facebook. Oh, wow. He contributed to some of the Carpenter coloring books. Yeah, so uh, I... I don't know, Matthew. Uh, today is the first time mm. I've ever spoken to him. But I remember this drawing of the girls on top the of the girls building. on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, it wasn't until just recently that I saw the, the color, uh, yeah, the color, the color version. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I was looking at... Uh, so, uh, for listeners, um, it, it was this stark um, uh, line drawing of... Um, Without, with you know, a line drawing with contours and stuff, but uh, of these girls on top of uh, a store. Let's I'm call assuming. it a convenience yeah, store. Yeah, a convenience store. <laughs> and uh, with this sea of zombies like yeah. coming up, and it was amazing. And yeah, yeah, it yeah. really brought to mind um, stuff that I had seen. You know, uh, it brought to mind like um, like Mobius, for example. It wow! Really Look felt, at you, Matthew. Yeah, it felt like that. Oh. So, yeah, it was like I was like, damn, this yeah. guy's. Cool and good. It's very cool. He, 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 the piece was given, not given to us, but, but we were going to use it in a zombie coloring book we were doing. Right. That didn't happen. Right. Um, and it just, so I went ahead and wrote a piece for it, and that piece is in the new, the it's new, in the new book. Yeah, String of Pearls. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's a beautiful piece. This guy does really great stuff. It's really cool not only conceptually but also in execution i think it's it's some really great stuff so number one go to his website right but anyway before, that, <laughs> before yeah, feel, please welcome matthew sylvester yay hey hey <laughs> was, no it's seriously it's great to be talking to both of you finally and um well that'll change i'm sure <laughs> matthew's like i've been sending letters every week god damn it <laughs> <Finally>. <laughs> No, I was surpri- I was surprised that uh saw you were any ideas for guests and I just threw my name out there and I was surprised you guys bit and oh. went with it. so well, you it's, clearly it's didn't. not Yeah. You clearly <laughs> underestimate 
<laughs> what it takes to do a weekly podcast. No, no, no. No, of course. I mean, what our goal, I think, and I can think I can speak for you, Langley, on this one, is yeah. that it's not only to ex- to show people, you know, talk about film and all that other stuff, but it's also to point people in direction, in certain directions of things that we think are cool. Oh, definitely. And uh, that includes artists. Yeah. And, whether it's a movie, whether it's whatever, it, you know, like, and especially if it's something that may not be um, on people's radar. Sure. Yeah. So sure, we're sure. trying to get you on people's radar, Matthew. <laughs> no, this, no, I love it. And, I mean, I'm very flattered you guys uh, asked me to, to join. So, Well, now that we do that, you're going to probably we'll – we'll get you onto a topic show, yeah. too. So we'll be like, Matthew, you want to come talk about clowns? Clowns. <laughs> sure. Heck I can yeah. talk a lot about clowns. Um, <laughs> let me, clowns. So we usually want to start at the beginning. And tell me a little bit about where you grew up and – um, uh, like, were you a monster kid? Were you always right. like Neil Gaiman told me once that he look at that, see that heavy name? So, um, <laughs> okay, uh, no, said that he was always the guy. He was the kid that was always under the dining room table with a book, and that makes right. sense. Sure. So tell me about you. You know where you grew up and all that kind of thing. Sure, I was probably I was I was the kid that was sort of you know tucked away somewhere with a, you know those really cheap newsprint pads and just filling them with whatever came to my mind. Um, I actually grew up in a small town in Maine called Durham, Maine, and sounds you know, mm-hmm. uh That's Stephen King's hometown. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So he was actually a childhood friend of my dad's. They used to camp and stuff when they were kids and. Wow. So I act, I would actually see him from time to time at church functions, and later when I got older, I was a friend of his aunt's who helped raise him yeah. part of his childhood, and uh, we became Ruth? good friends. Um, that was F one. Okay, there was um, there was a Ruth in his life. I want to say that might have even been his mom. I was knew I think that, that my mom's name was Ruth. I think I think that was his mom. Right, I think it was his mom. And uh, she was a great, a great woman. We'd, you know, like on Sundays have tea or coffee. I'd help her around her house. And she'd tell me stories about Stephen King. And uh, once when I was in high school, she actually took my portfolio to him because she was visiting him on the weekend. And it was actually that weekend they were premiering Creepshow. Wow. And I, I remember she told me, and she's like, he asked me to go. And she said, no, I'm not into those things. I'm just going to stay here. And I was, I was so like, oh, I wish I could have gone. I know, right? Right. Uh, I, you know, my parents wouldn't let me see those movies at that time. Oh, really? You grew up Even, with parents that wouldn't let you just... Well, it was just before... It wasn't too long once we started, uh, you know, the advent of go and pick up the big giant suitcase VCR over the weekend. And, <laughs> right. <clears throat> so it wasn't too long after that, but I remember I couldn't go to the theater to see Creepshow because it was rated R. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um have but you, I have you since seen Creepshow? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Many times. Well, uh, well, I just conjures image of sitting, you know, sitting in a screening near King and like nudging him during Jody Barrel and like, what an <laughs> asshole that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> Giving would, him shit. Yeah, I would have been like, dude, like, I had that same comic book when I was a kid. I know because that's yeah, that was so great about DC, all that stuff. Uh, comic book yeah is that creep show tapped so heavily yeah. into that stuff yeah 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 
but yeah, so course, go ahead. That that's wild because growing up, my my mom was a was a parent who was like she was a single mom and she's just like right. I had a little card. I was a I was a crossing guard in elementary school. Oh and really? They, <laughs> and they had gave you this little card and you could go to most of the movie theaters in the area and you would like flash the card and you'd get right in. Oh wow! So oh. I saw things like she dropped me off for things like double features of Omega Man and THX eleven thirty eight. Oh sure. and, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So when I hear stories like that, I think oh oppressed youth. Yeah. And then I realized but, that my mom didn't. It was the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> my mom exactly. was like whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it was it was more you know Durham was a small town, so anything that uh, you know movie theaters were like a half an hour or so away oh yeah so they you know it was a drive and your parents are working and sure. you know it's too far to ride your bike it's hard to um, justify so i think when the early teens some friends and i would ride to the next town lisbon falls had a drive-in nice. and there was trees you could climb and watch <laughs> drive-in movies wow and wow. yeah I, so i saw a couple of uh that's where i saw the prophecy Oh, there you go. Oh, you dude. know, which yeah. and wait, wait, I was, wait, wait, wait. Is it the Big Bear movie or the the Big Bear movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, Frankenheimer. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I saw. I was able to see a few horror movies sneak those in, and you know, you could hear from people's speakers the movie well enough to you know. Sure. It wasn't. I saw a lot of. I saw a lot of porn from outside the drive-in. Oh yeah. Without the without the benefit of the the speakers. Yeah, you know, you're okay. I think you. Yeah. I'm not getting the plot. Yeah. I'm really bummed. Um, I we said this before in the show, but we as as young teens went to a a drive-in that was playing Deep Throat. Yeah. And we parked up on a hill oh, and we really? sat and watched it. I have I have no idea what's going on, but ooh. Yeah. Uh, so I hear you there. But, you know, t I was talking to Tom Renoni once, who's a visual effects guy. Right. Um, he was telling stories about growing up in Beaumont, Texas, where he would go to the drive-ins, and they had a, a um, uh, kindergarten, like a little play yeah, area. Yeah, there's like a, yeah. At, yeah. at the foot we'll of the that. screen. So he said there were these moments where you would be watching these kids play on the swings and stuff, and above it they had, like, H.G. Lewis's... Uh, Wizard of Gore. Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 The drive-thru drive I went to also had that. It had, like, this little, it, a little playground, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it never yeah, occurred. So, yeah, go ahead. No, so did this one. And it was just like, you'd try to be watching a movie, and those damn swings would be squeaking away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, see, I remember back in the day, look, this is old men on porches, uh, uh, <laughs> where, like, now you go there and you tune your radio to a certain thing, right, and you get the thing. Right. But this was the old, big... Yep. Big-ass metal window. speaker yeah. that you, like, hook onto your yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, And it was always great on the nights that someone drove away. Like, they drove away, and the thing was still on their window. Oh, yeah. Smashed <laughs> the whole place. Yeah. But I remember parking cars in a U, like with a space right. between us. Sure. And then you had your party chairs area. and party yeah. areas, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember crazy. climbing up on top of the vehicle. That's exactly yeah. what we did. Yeah. Put a blanket up there, and Dad would, you know, the speakers were for each car. There was two in next to two parking spots. Yeah. So if no one parked next to us, he'd throw the other speaker up for us. That's awesome. I remember yeah. uh old big SUV we had when the kids were little. We'd park backwards, and you open up the back. Yeah. And then you'd all pile in. Yeah. This, see, it's nice. so great, and now you don't get any of that stuff. There's, no. Like, there's one or two, like, around here, There's I think there's one drive-in. There's one, I think there's stuff one in down Canada. Right 
Oh, there's one yeah, there's, in Langley, Canada, up in Canada. Yeah, yeah there's, there's two here, and one of them's kind of cool because it actually has a, uh, a motel that faces, so you can, like, open your front motel windows oh, and watch cool. driving. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I, again, Old Man on Porch. Um, yeah. Moonlight Auto Movie, $1.50 a carload. Wow. wow. We would pile into a car with, for a buck and a half, and it would yep. be, st- be these weird triple features. Yeah. Know? Um, Werewolves we, on wolves. Yeah, yeah. Or, no, uh, I get my wheels. sister to buy us some yeah. Lucky Lager beer. <laughs> Where the beer Living was large. Shitty. I know. Where the beer was shitty, you can look at the underside of the cap, and there was a little concentration game inside. <laughs> yeah. Was, but, again, you saw wonders. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, so, so with, with your parents being... Um, discretionary about what you able to not see. Um, we talked a lot here right. about like, you know, getting the TV guide and highlighting it. Were you that guy or was that completely across the board? If it was a, if it was a questionable nature. Yeah. No, it was just, if it was questionable nature, you know, but there was, there was some leeway there. It was mostly, you know, going to a movie like an R rated mm-hmm. movie they really wanted me to be 16. Ah. You know, but... Especially in Maine, you know? Yeah, I guess, you know. like L.A. 16. It's different, I think. It's it's very different. But, you know, as I got a little bit more towards that age, the rules bent a bit. There you go. And then when I I was 16 years old, I, I loved movies, and we'd watch a lot, and we kept going to this video store, and one day... They asked me, like, do you want to work here? Because you know a lot about movies. And I was like, okay, absolutely. So during high school, I worked at a video store. And look out. It was just, you know, uh, three movies a night was what you were allowed. And I just started plowing through all those movies I couldn't see. You know, I've heard this from other people. Like, I I must have lived in a really shitty place because everybody just thought I was fucking annoying. Yeah. Nobody said, hey, (laughs) man, you know a lot about whatever. Movies movies or or dinosaurs. Like, you want to work here because you always hang out here because we got that here. No, they were always like, fucking buy your thing and go away. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. It's always that point where, like, you meet, this happens to me to this day, where my wife will introduce me to someone. Oh, you'll like Jim. He likes movies. And then you meet Jim, and like ten minutes later, Jim's got that look on his face, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you're shining like... too bright, Tom. <laughs> yep, Jim's an armchair movie guy. You yeah, know? yeah. Oh, that's exactly right. Because I, yeah. my, my headspace is always, oh, you're one of us, and then, and I always assume, and you can keep up, so, and sometimes not. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see how I do. <laughs> Uh, that, but that's good. That's I think everyone needs that that sort of uh, um, think tank. That 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 thing that that like just because you're there. I, I worked in a video store. I worked in a music store. And just by yep. working there, you became um, conversant in a lot right. of stuff. And you may not oh, have yeah. seen Fanny and Alexander, but you can at least go, oh yeah, I, I know enough about it that I can. Right, right, right. Fudge well, my it, uh, absolutely. And that was, you know, that was back in the time when people would come in and they would ask your opinion, like, uh, we're going to have a birthday party, having a bunch of kids. What would be, is this going to be appropriate? And you're like Harold and Rod. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, faces of death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or my my favorite. Would you like a film that's not rated and is played on TV in its entirety? Yes. Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Junior is gonna love this. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, that that was so, that was another. We can talk about that later. But when I was yeah. when I was a kid, and I was drawing, 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 drawing all the time. You know, just right. like you know, and and it's like the first. It's the first thing that people give you uh, praise for, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it's like right. you know, you can really, you know, you're you're you are good at this. That feels good, so you keep doing it. Right. For me, it was always looking at the whatever it was I was drawing. It, for me, it was always making movies, mm-hmm. right? So I'm drawing okay. a picture, but really in my head, I'm making this movie. Yeah, it's right? moving. Yeah. Right. Uh, was it that way for you, or, or did, or, or, what was the framework for you? Sort of. I mean, you know, earlier when I was younger, drawing, you know, I was totally into Peanuts and you know, uh, Mad Magazine. So, my stuff was more towards the cartoonish side. And then a little bit later, my parents saw I was really interested. They asked if I wanted actual art lessons. So this woman had these art lessons up in her attic. You know, there's like three or four students and really taught me the the fundamentals of drawing, you know, shading, shape, perspective. Um, And that's when my work sort of took a bigger turn and I started to get a little bit more serious. Sure. Um, So, but anyway, once... I think the big turning point when I was around 10 or 11, I saw Star Wars. And, you know, well, you got to see it. It's this really (laughs) old movie. (laughs) I know. Every kid sees Star Wars. There are certain touchstones, and you can tell someone's kind of their age. It's like, of a certain age, it's Star Wars. Of another age, it's like Seven Forges and Bad. Right, right. Uh, I remember going to the drive-in to see that one. There you go. Those were great. That's the way it's meant Uh, to be seen. Man. (laughs) But after seeing Star Wars that Christmas, my parents got me the art of Star Wars. There we go. And that was what really uh, set my... That's when I really put together that this film that was incredible had all the things a boy would love, you know, lightsabers, spaceships, you know, the hero, the villain. Um, It really put together that, oh, there's people with artistic talents that design this and think all this up. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you had people, uh, Ralph McGuarrie, his production paintings. Yeah. Just, yeah. I I don't know how many of those I tried to copy when I was, you know, 12 (laughs) years old. I've mentioned a guy on the show before, John Scolari. Yeah. Scolari did, um, and he, he's a, does specialty publishing and he has this, the art of Robert McGuarrie book out and it's the shit i'm not a star wars fan but just leaping through it you're just like you're like no wonder this movie got made yeah 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 Yeah, well you know he was uh before he started designing for star wars you know he was a production illustrator he well you legend of boggy creek that cool Mm -hmm. poster where the creatures running with the little little creature that was him and I remember seeing that poster when I was a kid and wanting to see that movie so bad. And then you saw it. I did. <laughs> and you went, ooh. I actually watched it again three weeks ago when I was working on something. I just put it on Netflix. And uh-huh. Yeah, you so forget it, it. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, you forget. Just like I w- you were so taken with it at that age, and now it's like you you know you see all the flaws and the problems, but sure, there's that nice little nostalgic feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. a lot of movies where the poster was a lot better than the movie. Way better. Oh, absolutely. You can't say that these days. No, yeah. because all the fucking posters what? now are Photoshop. Well, they're Photoshop, but they're also like there's a there's like a template. So often, you know, well, like yeah. you yeah. look at the new the Thor Ragnarok thing. It's like that's that's a template. Yeah. Stacked up. When I when I look at a movie poster now, I hear the template from the trailer. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a world. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. It, it's horrible. Night, the gray horrible. wash all over everything. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything looks blue. Um, I'm curious. You said you had gone to to art lessons, um, right? And I've had this discussion with other artists, but I'm curious about where you stand on can art, quote unquote, of any kind of ill, can it be taught? that way or is it a is it ta- is it teaching is it talent is it technique is it just natural ability or is it a mix of the two and i i pose that to you as well i i have an answer okay well, but, but we'll let matthew yeah okay it it can definitely be a, a mix of the two you, you know having natural talent this certainly helps um getting learning those basics and the fundamentals and, you know, just the hard work of doing them over and over and over can really, you know, put your artwork in a, in a different place. Hard work can actually get you there. I mean, I've seen people, I've actually taught people that it's just unbelievable the improvement you can see in a couple of years to where they're competent and they can be free to work on their own. Uh-huh. I think that I think that people when it comes to quote unquote natural talent I think what it is is some people are born with the ability to see mm-hmm. right to absolutely see, to see the right way you know it's like okay I'm looking at um I'm looking at this tree and I actually see I don't see the tree I see that this line goes this way and right, I see right, that right. this shape does this Whereas if you're not born with that, you look at it and you see a tree. So when you tell them, draw a picture of the tree, mm-hmm. they draw the symbol that they learned as a child as a tree. You know, two right. lines with a cloud on top, and that's a tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they're not actually they're not actually drawing what they see. They're drawing what their brain the tells representation. them. Representation. Yeah, exactly. Sure, sure, sure. So Fulci called it the eye. Right, exactly. It's the, yeah, right. being born with the eye. So for those people... You can totally learn how to do it. It's a skill. It's mm-hmm. a set of skills. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, well, Betty Edwards' whole thing, right? You know, drawing from the right side of the brain. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a series of exercises designed to teach people who say, I can't draw, to learn how to use that eye and start to draw what they see. So you do things like you draw the subject you, you, you draw from a photograph for example you draw the subject upside down so you stop seeing it as yeah, oh it's yeah, a face yeah. and you start right. paying attention to oh this line does this so in the end i think it's a mixture then of a, then of uh, the eye right and then what uh malcolm gladwell talked about the 10,000 hours that right. time in the chair of Doing it again, yeah, and it's again hard work, and again and again. Like it's very few people, I think that 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 are, are kind of, I don't know, 
fully formed artists. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, one example of that, uh, apparently, from everything that I hear and read, and it was Frank Fazetta. Really, he just started right. hating he just, him. He just started, yeah, like at ten. Wow. They were like talking about putting him. Another in reason to hate him, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also feel like the more time you spend with it, then you then you you meet people and you learn about you know you know everything from line weight to compo- composition, That's everything. How to how Absolutely. to roll the pencil yeah. when you're drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just draw tippy, right? <laughs> Right. Oh my God! Did, did you do? <laughs> did you do any of those when you were young, Matthew? Like you know, the draw like, Tippy the Turtle or the Pirate. Yeah, I did them at home, but I never sent them in. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I. It's all the joy, and that was they, me too. I was yeah. not sure to join their shitty school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a certificate instantly. Yeah, yeah. and then fame and fortune awaits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. What school did you go to? Did you go to college? And I did. After um, I, I was lucky in high school. I had a great art program. Um, I actually, when I, the, when I went to college, I went to college at uh, the Maine College of Art. It was strange because originally my whole high school career was geared towards engineering, mm-hmm. and I went and shadowed a guy for two days, and I was just like, "Oh fuck, fuck this, this is so boring." <laughs> yeah. Just like I. I thought I was going to be able to draw buildings, and it's yeah. just uh, all AutoCAD. <laughs> people, people could die if I screw up. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no thanks. I'd rather uh, draw a monster over here. That'd be better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I was interested. Uh, I believe it's the Philadelphia School of Art and Design okay. because Tom Tom Savani was teaching there ah. at the time, and that was. Uh, but I, it would have been too much money. Mm-hmm. So I went to Maine College of Art, or Portland School of Art at the time, and it was a great, you know, I had been drawing on my own with a few lessons for, you know, ever since I was eight, probably seriously. And then I get to the school, and they had just such a great core program, you know, diving down into the fundamentals. And I remember I had natural talent, so I in the first drawing class I had, I was, you know, I was one of the better draftsmen in there. People always really liked my work. And at the end of the semester, I got my portfolio back and it was a D. And I went to the teacher who was, he was a fantastic landscape artist. I was like, well, what, what? I, I just don't get it. He, he's like, you know how to draw, but he's like, you're not listening to what I'm trying to tell you is like, you need to retrain yourself to see differently. Like me. And, yeah. <laughs> Cot, <you>. Well, <laughs> no offense. Uh, and it, it really hurt and it really hit me hard, but he was kind of right. There was a way that I was used to working. So he's basically just like, get out of your comfort zone mm. and do the hard work. Right, and, you know, track that. Don't do the then. drawing that comes easy to you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, It would be, you know, we had, you know, it was lessons like there'd be paper bags on the floor with a lamp on it, and you can only use the corner of your, you know, the edge of your charcoal, and you just use shadow to draw the picture. Or here, draw the model with Mm. only the, draw what's outside the model, not what's inside the model. Draw the negative space. Oh, yeah, we negative space. (laughs) Writers get the same thing. Uh, 
right you in know, the style the of structural drawing and and you know it really by the second semester I was up to an A and I got what he was saying so that was yeah, that's cool that that was well, great it's speaks- but you know but you do you do run in like any school you run into professors that are good at um, seeing you and what your abilities are and nurturing those and then there's was were those that just want you to be like them sure right. that happens a lot yeah. and I think we talked a lot about on this show about the person in your life that sort of gives you permission yeah and I think this is a, a good example of that that in reverse like sometimes it's not the person that that gives you permission it's the person that says this isn't good enough and you going oh yeah, yeah. well hold my beer exactly well this exactly is, yeah, this is the guy that like you know this is the first person who slaps you yeah right it's like everybody else has been like you're so awesome you're so good yeah, 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 yeah. and then this is the yeah. first guy that's like cut the bullshit yeah. And Cat, and, and my wife did that all the time. I'll give her something to read. And she'll, and she'll just go, and she'll just go, well, first of all, she's laughing. No, but she'll go, she'll hand it back and go, you weren't feeling this. And it was just like, God damn it. You're right. Yeah. But, right, right. You know. Why can't you be a psychopath and just like tell me that I'm awesome? You don't want that either. No, you don't. And, and even, you know, recently, uh, I've been, you know, there was a, there's a drawing and painting group. And it's been a little while since I've gone, but there was an older gentleman. Um, he sort of ran the group. Mm. Just a great painter. And he, yeah, he. it was just like going back to college. He asked me if I was interested in learning a few things. And at first I was a little like, well, you know, I've been doing this for a bit. <laughs> but I realized he had something to teach me, you know. Sure. I, you know. I'm going to always try to keep in mind that I'm going to be a perpetual student yes. for the rest of my life. Sure. Yes. And you can it, learn those lessons in the weirdest places. You know what I mean? It's exactly. It's not just the, always the, the instructor that gets up there and gets all autocratic about it. That's yeah, why and, Dan is so great. He's he's always a student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to... Good old Dan. Dan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that it's... Uh, it's all those little things that go into, you know, pushing you in a direction. Um, right. And, and, you know, I don't want to use the word fate or that kind of stuff, but there's a, if you're open to it, life is kind of ushering you along. Sure. You know, you know? Um, and it's when you, I think, personal opinion here, when you get in the way of that is where you fuck up. Right. And you get, and you, and you end up being like, you try, yeah. You try to fight it, and it. I, I, I was digging for a name. And I well, you, Rob Lightfoot, <laughs> like that guy. He's he's very successful at what he does, but it's right. inherently soulless. Right. Well, I, you know, I mean, if you to use that analogy, you know, if you're if you're you know a leaf in a stream, you can um, you can totally fuck yourself up by sure. by. by, by doing the wrong thing or, or, or positioning yourself the wrong way. The, the trick right. is recognizing. Yeah. Right? I'm doing that. Yeah. It's recognizing this rock is coming mm. and I'm going to, here's how I'm going to go yeah. around it. It's it's the idea that that the, there's a flow there and I and you, the more you try to exert energy on that, the more you're, 
you slow yourself down, your flow down. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also, with it, all instructors on, like, if I go to a, a writing group and there's someone leading them, I want to read what this guy is doing because sometimes you can learn and sometimes they're just trying to get you to learn what they think. Right. And, and that can fuck you up too. But uh, especially when you read or you see someone's work and you go, oh, like, you're not what I want to be doing at all. Right. But there they are teaching you. Well, the, the, the important... But they're perfect for some people who right. want to... Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, can you remember the first drawing or painting, the first piece that you did where you were like... Look at me. Shit. <laughs> it's like, damn, I I really am good. I I do. It's a, It was a painting of a lynx kind of like jumping down from a rock. It was an oil painting. Um, I just... I think I was... 13, 12 or 13. And it was real. I remember bringing it home to my parents. I had been working on it at this lady's studio. And just when they looked at it, they're like, are you sure you did this? Cause this is pretty good. When your parents <laughs> accuse you of plagiarism. Nice. You, you know, you've done it. Okay. Yeah, you did good. <laughs> it, it just, I remember, and I would always look at that painting and just, couldn't believe that I had actually accomplished that. Yeah. Let alone, I think, there's that sort of core memory of you. Every every time you look at it, you go, that's the thing my parents dug. Right, know, right, right. right. Uh, oh, yeah, they they framed it, and it went right above the mantle, above the fireplace. That's awesome. and That's cool. Yeah. See, my yeah. first book, curi- my mom wanted to read it, and I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of curiosity, do you, is, does that painting still exist? It's around somewhere, I think might be at my dad's new place. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, and I've asked around. So it could have gotten lost in the shuffle or... Can I don't, I don't know. something to find and put up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do have a couple of like that, but... Well, I have a question for both of you. Is, like, is, sure. it, is it wrong or is it narcissistic that, like, you, you made something... And you gave it to somebody, uh-huh. right? A painting, and uh, your relationship with them changes. Okay. And and you want the painting back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's the equivalent of I want my records back. Right. Exactly. Kinda, yeah. 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 Except I, that you made instead of it's not records you bought, it's a record you made. Yeah. You know? But I I feel like. If someone's gonna, if they're gonna treasure it, even though our relationship isn't what it once was, right? Then, then, uh, sure. But to think that that treasured painting is gonna end up in an attic somewhere and no one's gonna give a oh, shit—that's mine. Mine wound up in the right. in the garbage. Oh, <laughs> and I'm just like, I smell oh, like wife. You could have seen. You could have like. <laughs> I would have loved to have that back. It was I. I remember learning a lot of stuff painting that painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has that ever happened to you, Matthew? I, I've had a few paintings returned. Damn. Um, damn. That's yeah. brutal, man. It's brutal, so, but you got the damn painting. Well, it's like double rejection. You're rejected and your art's rejected. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So double fuck you. <laughs> wow. See, but, I... Yeah. 
That 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 is that's hard, man. That's really hard. I would have rather gotten the painting back. I would have rather like you you know. I would have rather her said. See, I, I think this painting is coming out. I think this painting sucks, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Cool, give it to me," because I always liked it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, yeah there was, cool. yeah, I think there was one piece that I wish I could have. I did this really gigantic sort of Giger-esque piece mm. that I loved, and don't know what happened to it. Couldn't get it back. Wow, it was always so. Yeah. Um, so that brings up a question. Influences. Who did you oh, look at? Very good. That was yeah. my very next question here. <laughs> yeah, let's let's open up the biggest rabbit hole we can. I know, yeah, right? Exactly. I know, but well well like I said, early influences when I was younger was, you know, Peanuts and Mad Magazine and uh, Mort Drucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Mort Drucker, yeah, Don yeah. Martin. Yeah, Don Martin. Uh you know, Al Jaffe had Jack Davis and Mort Drucker. They're Jack Davis, yeah, Car- yeah. Davis, Argonis. characters. All that stuff oh, was yeah. so great. Those, I loved his little tiny drawings. Yeah, off yeah, yeah, yeah. Ages. I met him once at a comic con. He was a really nice guy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. he was super nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I remember I used to uh, the, when I worked at the video store. I collected uh, Drew Struzan posters. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the documentary yeah. on him? Yeah, I love, it's so great. What a you just want to know that guy. Yeah, I totally. I I, dude, I, I spent the ninety bucks or whatever it was for the uh, for the Hellboy tutorial. Oh yeah, yeah. It, like it, oh like, wow, it, it takes you through this whole process, and it's you know it's cool because on one hand there's validation because you're like, shit, he does the same. Yeah. Like I, I do that. I do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the um, and then there's the other part of it, and it's like, oh, that's all. That's all that that's was. All <laughs> Speaking of, sidebar on the Hellboy thing. Um, there's a video floating down about David Harbor, who's from Stranger Things, right? Who's, who's doing this it, remake? The new Hellboy. Oh, is he regretting it? Really? <laughs> they've oh, got, really? They've got him doing like just sit-ups for days. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's this old like beer drinker guy. He's like, well, he's he's trying, he's doing it, but he's just you can see it and look at his face he just in like, every photo. Like, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> it's much easier to play this overweight cop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till this movie's done. Well, that's what they forget. I mean, you look at all like even the the Justice League stuff. You see, just they're always doing sit-ups. Those guys, dude. Like, yeah. I look. <laughs> Any of those guys, they're like, you, when you say, you know, it's like, they say it casually, like, yeah, I train, like, you know, five hours a day, six days a week, and you're like, just like, what? I know. <laughs> and that's yeah, you... They, go ahead, Matthew. Well, well, I remember I, I was watching an interview with Hugh Jackman, right. and to his to his credit, he said... I mean, you looked at him as Wolverine. It was like, oh my God, you know, being in his forties in that yeah, great yeah, shape. Yeah, but yeah. he he said, you know, it was great. But he's like, I can't maintain that. He's like, nobody in their right mind can maintain that, and it's unrealistic for guys to think that that's the way you can be all the time because it's mm-hmm. insane what you go. Well, there's through. that whole body image thing that a lot of this stuff. Right. People think like you should have abs like that all right, the time. Right. It's like, no, no, no. These abs are a result of me dieting for two weeks and then not eating to get for a ready day or for two. This. Yeah, yeah. Not exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, yeah. and I mean, to be honest, uh, the 
the schedule and pace that those people maintain to get film ready mm-hmm. um, isn't healthy. I it's mean, if you, if no. you did it on a regular It's basis. like uh, there's a video that's floating around just today of the, I forget her name, she's an MMA fighter, mm-hmm. um, Polish name, big long Polish name. Yeah. Um, but she just, she was a champion and then she just lost. Anyway, they're, they're shooting video of her cutting weight. Yeah. And it's brutal. Oh it's yeah, the it's it's the worst it's the worst thing for your body. I mean, you can't it, uh, your body almost starts fighting itself, and then sometimes they get these like toxic reactions. And, right. Well, the, well, ultimately, like Atkins, this is so not what we should be talking about, but Atkins right. deals off of something called um, ketosis, and ketosis puts this really right. bad load on your kidneys. Yeah. And so a lot of times, people who do that a lot, they're, they're, they'll have kidney trouble later. And, yeah. You know. That's the that's the big new diet. I went I went old guys like Lee Marvin who looked like he drank and, and would have slapped you if you asked him to do a sit up. Well, but he yeah. was still a tough guy. I, I, well, I think a lot of that has to do with not giving a fuck, right? Right. And, and so, <laughs> so I like, heard a great I heard a great like, Lee Marvin story where he <laughs> he well, this will just take a second. He was at his home. His his girlfriend or whatever had come back from a trip. And they were out by the pool, and the dog comes up with something in his mouth, and the girl pulls it out. Of, the girlfriend pulls it out of his mouth. It was a pair of underwear that weren't hers. Oh, and she goes, "These aren't mine." And Lee Marvin turns and looks at the dog and goes, "Bad dog." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I read the bio uh, on Marvin, and yeah. that guy talk about him and Oliver Reed. I want to go out with. Right. So anyway, influences. No, that's. <laughs> Um, yeah, influence. Well, I, it was strange because I was going across different genres like illustrators. Um, I had a comic book career at one point, so I was interested in comic book artists. Um, and I really enjoyed studying classical painters. So it was a little bit all over the place. But um, obviously people like, you know, Frazetta and Wrightston, sure. uh, Ken Kelly, who actually I got to meet at a Comic-Con a couple years ago and he had a couple of his iconic paintings with him wow. and I got talking with him and, and I was like oh I love that painting he's like oh here and he just like handed me the painting oh, and I'm dude. holding the thing that I remember seeing and it, you know I like his kiss covers and his wow. yeah. Godzilla King Kong, and he just let me hold it and look at it and that was really cool that's awesome uh, a little bit of a nerd moment there uh, but you know it was I remember when I was doing comics, you know, the hot people were Todd McFarlane and, mm-hmm. right. you know, Liefeld, like you talk, and those were great, but they were really, it was just, everything was sort of the same, and uh, I don't know if you guys know Stephen Bissett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did Tyrant. He yeah, actually yeah. lives here in Vermont and teaches at the Center for Cartoon Studies. Yeah, and his... That book, Tyrant, I remember picking it up and seeing that, and just these lush inkings of yeah. the backgrounds and the dinosaurs, and like, that's okay. Hey, this guy's doing his own thing, and that's what I want to do. The great thing about Tyrant was is that it was, because it was all dinosaurs, it was wordless. Right, exactly. And it was all yeah. through the visual medium. Yeah. Um, William Stout is another name. I was going to say, my, my geeky nerd moments always happen with William Stout, because like he... I, he he always shows up at Monster Palooza, and he has like, you know, he sells these um, uh, 
they're they're little more than just like Xerox copies of like sketches. Mm -hmm. But they're amazing, yeah, and it's yeah. just endlessly inspiring. And but yeah. you know, Stout, you know the thing with him that that's always surprising is like we all see that, right? We all see right. his comic mm -hmm. kind of style art, but his paintings are unfucking real. Really? Oh my god, they're beautiful, beautiful. Huh. He does I have to like, look into that. Oh my god, he does these like fine art oil paintings of like dinosaurs and shit and oh, it's cool. just like and you know it's the type of thing it's kind of like Richard Corbin right it's like we all oh, know okay. Richard Corbin <laughs> right and and his stuff but then like you go to his website and you're like hey man you could get you know this check out this painting and you're just yeah. like whoa well, anyway uh, Basil Gogos towards the end of his life oh, right, yeah. had completely when we when I talked to him for Carbon Octum he was saying how he'd completely gone away from that and now it was pure expressionism it's like I've done all that other stuff yeah you know? yeah, yeah here's just raw emotion on a yeah I'm just like yeah. yeah you know and I think that um, I think that some of that um, not to take anything away from him but I think some of that comes with God damn it, I'm old, and I don't want to, like, spend hours yeah. on this thing. And, yeah, I wonder about what? that, and maybe you can a answer that. Is there, a, is there a point where you, as an artist, you go, you reach a point in your, in your, your, your career, for want of a better word, that you, can, you know that if you do this, so it'll sell. Someone will buy it. Right. Right. But you're not, it's not the same as when you first started, because it was like, there you're... You're you don't know. Push, you don't know, and you're pushing, and you end up going in, in those uncomfortable areas. And I think it, I worry about that, about how at some point you you go, uh, you get to that, well, that's good enough. You know, I, I, I do what I'm doing, I'm sure. hitting all the numbers, everything's fine. I'm not being challenged, but I know it's going to sell, and I know people will be happy with it. What do you think? I, I think that can happen. Uh it, uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem to has not happened to me mm. yet um, because I know when I'm dialing it in and I just hate that feeling. Yeah. yeah. I just don't I don't feel good about it. And you don't get that satisfaction of uh, having pushed through something that's difficult or or different or something you're not comfortable doing. And the paycheck um, sometimes the paycheck sometimes makes that feeling worse. Yeah. Right, uh, right. Because you know, I've I've done work for people that you know it was for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're not exactly into it. Uh, you're not passionate about it, and that you know that can wear on it on you too. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I don't do as much illustration for hire as I used to. You know, part of that that's part of the reason. You know, not to mention that it's the, the whole illustration industry is just so flooded with artists and companies aren't willing to pay artists right. what they're worth. You know, I when it really hit home was it was a it was a card company, a game card company that offered to pay me this really tiny amount for an oil painting for a card and you'll get exposure. But, you know. I think it worked out to like three seventy five an hour if I would have done it. Yeah. I mean that's that's disgusting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 that's when I'm like I'm not gonna put myself through this. And I started uh, sort of focusing more on like 
I'm just going to try doing what I want to do, mm-hmm. and let's see if it brings people to it. And right. actually, that that zombie picture is one of those things that was the start of it. Nice, nice. I'm curious is uh, uh, about process. Um, sure. I'm so take me through that, and I know that's a huge chunk and a big question, but I'm curious like. Does the idea come first? Does the, the does the, is the idea born on the page? Is it um, is it like well I feel like I should do a a duck and so you go do a duck. Take me through that and then take me through how you choose the medium you're gonna use. Okay. And then how and then the, then does that then dictate technique? That makes sense. That seems like a big question. That that is no, a big no. question. <clears throat> That's all right. We can we can chew this down. Um, it it's a little bit of it's sort of all of that. Um, sometimes, yeah, I'll, I'll have an idea, and it could be a base idea. Like I want to do a zombie piece, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll, I'll tend to ruminate on that idea. the The way I try to like we'll take that rooftop piece for instance. Um, it all started, uh, I heard another artist, he's a concept artist, uh, Kieran Yanner, really cool guy, kind of one of those illustrator, part of that illustrator group that I've sort of met on Facebook over the years. And um, But he decided to challenge himself by doing some work that had more than one or two figures in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, yeah, I, I haven't done a lot of pieces of work with multiple figures. So that's when I thought, I think a zombie piece would be cool. And then, of course, I went way overboard. I can't remember how many figures are in that damn thing. Um, but then I start thinking about all, you know, I, I didn't want to do something that's, you know, women in bikinis with chainsaws, you know, hacking up zombies. Sure. The, the typical, how can I pull away from that and make it a little bit more meaningful? And that's when the idea of like, oh, well, what if I included people that I know and care about? And then I started thinking, what if I start pulling their personalities into that and their body language and what they're wearing? Mm. And then it, it's almost like a story, or, or sometimes I even see things like I'm filming it in my head. Yes. And then I stop. I stop the camera right there. I'm like, yes, that's the shot. That's the frame. Um, that, that's a lot, of, a lot of my process is filming a movie in my head and then stopping and that's the frame exactly yeah yeah, yeah. It, the the initially the piece it, it called to mind um things like jeff darrow right oh yes. yeah so much detail there's so on. much going on that you can spend it's like where's that Waldo? you spend all this time looking well, at the all other, the individual the other thing about that in, in, in reference to what you were talking about earlier matthew is um a lot of the Mad Magazine stuff, and I can't remember which artist it was, it was just this huge population of characters that went mm-hmm. back. Oh, it was like yeah. at the mall, and there were yeah. all these little scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, Who was that guy? I don't know, but but you're, that particular piece that we keep talking about reminds me of that, mm-hmm. especially now that you have, have said that you know Mad Magazine was an influence. Right. Yeah, and it, uh, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I was just going to talk more about the process. Yes, but, please. Um, you know, and sometimes you have ideas that, that sit around. Uh, I had a drawing of a, it was sort of like a puppet master working on puppets. 
And yes, it had a little something to do. I love the Puppet Master movie, the original one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That struck me when I was a kid. And I, puppets are weird and creepy. So I had this drawing of a Puppet Master. And uh, a friend of mine, her name's Beth Robinson. She does these, uh, she does strange dolls. They're these creepy dolls. They're really well done. I remember walking in her studio where she was working on them. And then I'm like, there's my idea. And I don't, I don't know if you've seen the painting called Strange Dolls, but it's a woman sitting, working on these dolls, and one of them's kind of opened, and there's a blood transfusion going on. It looks like there's actual organs and there's blood. Oh, very cool. Um, and it was just walking into that place and seeing that person being creative mm-hmm. gave life to this oil painting, which, mm-hmm. you know, is sort of a take on... A, you know, someone creating and actually giving something life. Wow. Um, and sometimes I'll be just like driving down the road and you see this cool, I'm driving down the road, seeing a cool sky. And I was like, oh, look at those clouds. What if some weird dark shape came blasting out of those clouds? That would be creepy. And you're like, oh, I think I'll go home and draw that. Yeah. I'm so, looking. I'm looking at that as we speak. Is that I think. the avatar oh, the, that you have on screen? Yeah, that's the avatar. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. It is very cool. I it's, love this piece because it's so undershaded. It is, and, and right, it, right. Which is how, if you were driving down the road at that time of the day, that's what it would look like. Yeah. Have you seen the the hover thing, the hoverboard that looks like a witch that is flying? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. It's like a, flies through the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I love that. I think they were scaring people in a park or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah, I love about what I love about this piece that we're talking about right now is that that could be Superman. It could be um, some beast. It could be a ship. It could be, it, it's, it's nebulous and it just, and it's almost, you know, it's like you're, um, uh, the, uh, this is like photorealism. So it's like, that almost looks like a photograph that somebody took mm-hmm. as they were driving, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I, te- I tend, my work tends to move in that direction, the more realistic side. And I think the overall theme to my work is I want, I don't want to tell the story for the viewer. I want the viewer to make their own story. I don't want to give them all the answers. Right. And I think that's key to making a good piece of art they can look at that and interpret it like maybe it's a witch to them or maybe it's the jersey devil or right i've always um, said that like good art implies a past and infers a future exactly you know what I mean? it's that's not a, it's just well moment. so well put yeah it's well, otherwise you get things like not to shit on boris Vallejo, but these lifeless clearly you know, staged you know what's funny like, about that is that what right. you just said mm-hmm. Um, is a reflection of, of like the one real solid punch you in the face lesson that I learned from Boris Vallejo, and that is he says he said you never paint something that's happening, mm-hmm. right? You paint something that either just happened mm-hmm. or, or is about, about to happen. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and because right. then the the actual event itself uh-huh. isn't left entirely up to the viewer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So me that, and, that me and Boris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, I, I mean that. So that's sort of what I carry into each piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I explain the process. I, you know, after once no, I get absolutely. the idea, 
then sure, that's when the process actually kicks in. You know, sketches, multiple sketches. Yeah. Um, a color study, if it's called for. Uh, I sometimes, you know, I'll I'll set up photography shoots with a model or. You know, like for that zombie piece, I photographed each person. You know, I stood way up on a swing set and got the angles that I wanted. Good, yeah. <clears throat> because yeah, you know, it's that's cool. You, it's even over the many years of drawing all the time, pulling all that stuff together. You, your mind changes things sometimes. Yeah. Oh sure. So it's it's good to have that solid reference to sort of help drive the realism. And, it, you know, it's a ton of artists do, you know, it's, it's a pretty, I mean, I think look at somebody. To. Oh yeah. I mean, if look you, at someone like Norman Rockwell or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're shooting, you're shooting models all the time. And, and look at uh, Tim Bradstreet. Right. A lot of Tim's oh, stuff right. is all shot, photographed. I've always then, been kind of jealous of artists who, um, um, their work doesn't conform to like you know things like um, uh, uh, normal uh, perspective or uh, um, uh, proportion. You know, right. like you, 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 like I see these people and I love their work where they like draw figures with like the heads are way too big. Um, or Ralph Stedman. Are, yeah, exactly. Ralph yeah. Stedman, uh, Dave McKeon. Yeah, right. It's like very simple and and. And I've tried to do it, and I just can't. And sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, your stuff looks so real," and 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 I'm just thinking, God, I wish I could break these chains. Well, and all you can free. see is the well, blemishes. Yeah, that's what anything anybody can do is the same thing. Right. I mean, and and your point of I've seen the some of the work you've done. You know, those point of pieces. Those are great. Oh, thank and you. It, Oh, wait till you it, see the cover of my new book. Ooh. ooh, I can't wait. The new zombie book. It's really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a, um, yeah, you, it's sort of... You, you do. You, you oh, Wouldn't it be great to be like that? But you sort yeah. of can't deny your own truth, you know? Right, you exactly. Have to, you have to sort of embrace that. Yeah, it's it's different for me because it's... I don't... For me, it has to... I have to laugh. Because it's a, my shit's all right. conceptual. So if the concept makes me laugh, then it's like, all right, we, we should at least look a little closer. Sure, sure. Um, okay. But uh, uh, I blame I for me I blame school. Do you? I do. Totally. I blame weed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like okay, so the first time I went to the first time I went to college, right? Yeah. We're talking. Mid eighties, nineteen eighty four. Eighteen eighty four. Yeah, eighteen eighty four. And uh, oh, God. I, uh, I, I went to this thing, uh, and I was like, oh, I was so on top of the world because I was seventeen years old. And mm-hmm. I beat out like you know they only took sixty people into this program. Yeah. And beat out all nice. these people. Stepped on the neck right, of those yeah. other fuckers. And then you get in there, and and you, the name of the program is commercial graphics. <laughs> And so, <laughs> there goes the wind. Yeah, you spend yeah. endless hours like draw this refrigerator, draw this soup. And can. the reason why I draw with portalism so much is because that was the that was the accepted that was what they wanted, right? Yeah. So you learn to do that. And so I'm, I feel sometimes I feel trapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think, well I, go ahead. 
Well, yeah, I mean, when you, I guess when you feel trapped like that, it's, you know, what do you do? And you, I, I guess that's when you, you, you know, pick paint. up another medium, your yeah. finger paint, you, you just, uh, this isn't comfortable, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like talking with the Shiflets um, a couple of weeks ago, the yeah. idea of, uh, I, I could see how that would be attractive to someone like yourself who does this obsessive pointillism to go, this is just me with my hands and shit. I'm mean, this the, the sculpting you do for effect. This is me. Oh yeah, sculpting is way different. Sculpting that, is that way stuff's more great. fun, and, yeah. and it's like ah, I get to play in mud. And, yeah, and it's. But anytime I try to put something like pen to paper or paint or whatever, I just I, I don't get me wrong. I love it. I love doing it, but I also feel like, man. I'm not having as much fun as I should be. Like it's like it's it's yeah. it's a job as yeah. opposed to like a passion. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you just write yeah. off. You know, like when I started the 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 new the sequel of the book, I just went, okay, this is six months of me just obsessing on stupid shit, and you you do it, and then right, even though you may not feel like it that day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you find yeah. Matthew? Question for you. Sure. Um, do you have a day job? Um, I have a, I have a part-time. Attaboy. Yeah. I do a couple di- couple days a week. Um, I when I moved to Vermont, I found I needed work while I was working on my artwork, so I found a job at a furniture place. Oh, nice. Uh, making furniture, and you know, great because I like working with my hands. Wait, um, wait, was, hold on, whoa, back up. Making sure. furniture. Is this like woodworking? I'm just like cabinetry and like as soon as you say making furniture my mind goes like were you making furniture before did you work with wood like a little bit of in college i worked with wood but uh they this person who owns uh it's called maple corner woodworks and the person who owns it robin chase you know had saw my desire to want to work and learn and so I did, and it, you know, it, it's great. You know, you take it from raw lumber, and we don't, uh, you know, there's no CNC routers, there's no computerized anything. It's you match oh, yeah. everything by oh, hand. Yeah, that's very cool. And I learned a lot, and it was, it's great, and it's fantastic. But there, you know, after being there for years, um, it just got to a point where I had kind of done everything. Sure. And it was weighing on me a little bit <clears throat> creatively, so. I shifted gears and saw that that place needed things like a, you know, updated website and we needed a computer system to oh, manage okay. everything. So I, I sort of undertook that. And that's what I do now. Nice. In, cool. Because I, I really like those people and I like Rob and Annie and what they've created there. And it's nice to have that besides doing my artwork. Mm hmm. And oh, absolutely. So absolutely. it, it yeah, it, it's great. And if I and they're totally supportive of me if I need, you know, I need a couple of weeks to work on an illustration project, or mm-hmm. they've been very supportive of all that. So, hmm. so it's it's a it's a mix of both, and it's been good this summer because working on the house, I've just been you know sketching and maintaining my artwork. So it was good to have that job um do you keep a, like a tickler file sketches of things like i'm gonna do that one day 
I do, yeah, sketch absolutely. Sketch it real quick so you don't forget it. Yeah. Yeah, keep a, got various sketchbooks where sometimes I forget where I put them and I find them again like, ooh, look at that. Yeah. Huh. I, I just heard a thing where there's a comedy show in L.A., and what the, the premise of it is is that they bring established comics on, right. and they bring one of their first comedy notebooks from when oh, they first started. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. oh, not, wow. not the guest, but the host reads from it right and the other one the, the guest just cringes like, right oh, exactly I, I thought that shit was funny <laughs> have you ever seen have you ever heard any of these things for like it like uh, i think uh i think there was a podcast or something called mortified and it was people getting up and reading shit that yeah. they had wrote when they were oh, like 12 yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've heard of it but i've never listened to that I oh my like, god it's so awesome it's so yeah. awesome because they are reading it themselves so they're able to convey what they were feeling. what they were thinking when they wrote like Roger Daltrey's ass is so fine, you know, as a as a as a twelve year old girl, you know. <laughs> I for me it's it's tough every time I let something go. If I go back to it, I can't go. Oh, I yeah. I, I just go. Oh, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's good because it it shows sure. your your it kind of, that's how I think you map your trajectory. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead, Matthew. No, absolutely. Because you know you go back to stuff and like, wow, that's just what a pile of shit. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> can't um, let that but see the, daylight. But the check cleared. <laughs> yeah. 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 How much of your commercial art career has turned into? Um, and I always I hate these labels, uh, but having said that, how much of it has turned into fine art sales for you? It's I would say it's actually it's actually growing, and it's gotten to the point where the fine art sales are starting to move towards outweighing the commercial art. Nice. It, it was it was it took a while. And it's, you know, it's getting yourself out there, whether it's in social media or exhibiting. Um, I go to comic conventions, a few, I do a few comic conventions, mm -hmm. and people collect your work. Um, so it, it definitely helped, at the, but part of commercial work, you know, it just, it can get buried in a lot of other stuff. And if the overall product isn't good, no one's going to want it or want to see it. You know, there's sure. there's great franchises you could be involved with, like if you could be, do, you know, doing Star Wars art or working for Magic the Gathering or, you know, or some of those popular tabletop games. Um, then, yeah, there's an audience there and, the, and all the work is so good that can certainly carry you and have, you know, you can start actually selling the original pieces. Right. Well, you know, well, I was going to say, you know, bringing that, talking about that, you know, like I, I think of guys like, um, oh, like Braun, you know, Braun you know, yep. continually slays me. And uh, and I didn't realize, because I was a fan of Braun from his books, right? So he's like, you know, he's writing a novel and he's illustrating it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize until after I became a fan of his that he had this whole career of like painting for magic and and yeah, uh, did a lot of the Wizards of the Coast stuff. Right, did right. A, a lot of 
comic book cards. They and, used to. Yep. Man, Wizards of the Coast used to book a lot of people. Yeah. Ken Meyer yeah. Jr. is is in there. Um, oh right, yeah. Uh, and you know, because it was this need for art, and then I just, but I just imagine that like there comes a point if you're in that game. So like for example, you were you were in the comic book game for a while, um, right? That there just comes a point where you're kind of like, I just want to do what I want to do. I think I can get away with it, and the name that I'll cite on that is Bill Sienkiewicz, who seems to right. be able to yep. do comic work, but also keep mm-hmm. that fine art edge to it. I mean, look at Electra Assassin. Sure. Oh, I know. Do you, it, do you feel that, Matthew? Yeah, I do. I remember, you know, doing comics, it was it was a grind. Mm. It was... Um, the, I think I did a post today. I found actually an old cover I did. I posted on Facebook. It was the, this title I was doing called Scorpion, Avenging Spirit of the Arapahoes. What <laughs> 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 a... And they wanted this. It just you'll see the cover. It just looks so spawn-like, and it just, I, you know, you just it feels soulless. Copy somebody, mm-hmm. and it, you know the the grind on top of it. You know what you're expected to do in a short amount of time definitely suck the fun out of it. Okay. And I, actually, the the final straw was a person I was working for. Um, he had gotten uh, Dick Ayers to draw a four-part series of a book. And I met Dick and his wife at a a comic convention that we were hosting. And he saw my work, and he asked if I would airbrush his covers for his, you know, that four-part series. And, you know, here's the guy that was one of the original Marvel people help launch Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, doing Sergeant Fury and Howling Commandos and there we go. worked on some early X-Men stuff. And, um, and then, you know, we had worked on a few, I think I had airbrushed a couple covers and went to the guy's house one day. Cause I hadn't heard from him in a few weeks and they had moved out of the house. Dick's artwork was gone. My artwork was gone. Never heard from him again. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And apparently it was just got into some money trouble, owed people lots of money. Mm. And that was, that's when I said, you know what? Forget it. I want to do my own stuff. I don't want, it's a smart move. I don't want to keep up this. Yeah, it turned out to be. Well, I think those kind of pay for hire gigs are important because you learn the, the, the way that works. Right. But I've always said like, you know, odds are you're not going to make a lot of money. So why aren't you swinging for the fences? Yeah, do, why aren't do, you doing what you want doing to be doing? Exactly what you. We have such a limited amount of time here. Yeah. There's no excuse, right, for us not to be well, doing exactly. Yeah, what we want. and as an artist, I would think being some non-artist's hands, you know, to to bring something, you know, up has got to be just like just. Let me just go. Let me yeah. just do my thing. Um, I'm curious. You had mentioned Facebook. I'm curious about getting noticed, and I know we're running out of time, but no, uh, no, that's fine. Uh, uh, getting your shit noticed. That seems to be. I know so many artists and writers that they're so good at producing, but there's a disconnect when it comes to getting it sold, getting it out there, right. interacting it's with almost your like fan base. So many artists, myself included, it almost seems like you need you need a manager. You know, to like 
<laughs> because, like, you're the crazed nut yeah. who's, like, <laughs> bent over this <laughs> easel. And, and, and you're, like, the furthest thing from my mind when I'm doing shit is, like, is this commercial? Am I going to sell yeah. this? You know, I'm, I'm just, like... This I'm you know I'm cutting this vein open yeah. and I hope someone pays attention. <laughs> right. How do you, how has that been for you? It's it was um, a a big learning curve. I mean you know basically you do you have to give it attention. You have to make it part of your job. Sitting down at the easel, you have to find a way to to make time for it during the day. Like you know I've noticed even over this summer where I've been just sort of doing some of my own things, sketching. I've been really busy on the house. So, you know, my viewership has kind of dipped. I know I can pick that back up because I'll start producing more and putting more out there. But you do, you need to give, you need to sort of give something to people. People want something from social media, whether it's a little bit of advice or, yeah, something good to look at, a little peek at the process. Mm-hmm. I love and that, that. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. And you, you have to be a little bit religious about it. Things like Facebook and Instagram, they favor, you know, frequency. Yeah. Not too frequent yeah. because, you know, more than three times a day they'll knock you. Yeah. Sure. But only once, once a week they'll knock you. It's, and, you know, there's certain times during the week. Try not to worry about it. It's just getting in the habit of putting something out there. Yeah, my rule is usually, you know, two or three non, you know, non-related stuff. You know, whether right. it's a news item or it's uh, whatever, to every one of me. You know, right. like, here's right. three things that I think you're going to find interesting, and they don't cost you anything other than you need to look at this as well. And right. my shit. And I that's a great, st- awesome great. strategy. Yeah, I and I great. love that. <laughs> You really got me started again on like the bullshit martial arts thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh That's my the, god! It's the, I, the internet is so hard because not only is it this welching of of inspiration and stuff, but like, there's also, fucking cat videos and. <laughs> well, there's like you know, it's it's a big lens and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it takes in a lot of stuff and and. You know, you the hard can... thing for me about social media is um, that it breeds this sense of despondency almost when you when you're hit with so much of it and right. and it's so easy to go oh we're fucked and I'm just gonna go sit on the couch and watch Arrow. It is easy. It, like it, like I'm you know I'm we we may have done it ourselves or I know we've had friends that have done it. It's like hey. I'm signing out of Facebook, you know, for at least, you know, for X <laughs> amount of time. Shit. I'm going to take a vacation. Right. Well, if you're going to take a vacation, it, take a vacation. Don't run that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to leave. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but, and, 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 and I get it, right? It's like, I don't need to see this video of this polar bear dying again. <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, on the other hand... I'm not going to name who the artist is, but they do these Facebook Live thing, and they'll Facebook Live the entire painting, and it's yeah. like, don't show people that. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. There needs to be an air of mystery. There needs to be an I air love, of alchemy. Well, see, and that's the thing, is that, like, social media is like anything else. There's good and bad, and, mm-hmm. like, right. there's stuff that, like, I've come across as, like, holy shit, well, you know, talking about the Drew Struzan thing, right? You know, I paid a hundred bucks for this 
DVD to find out that I was kind of doing the right <laughs> thing. Right. <laughs> but My there are other people, and it's like, it's like any time you watch something and you're watching to learn, a lot of times it's not what that person's showing you. It's like, oh, and here's how I do this. No, yeah. It's what you see off in this corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, I see this. And mm-hmm. they may not even address that. And it right. might be a product that they use or it might be just, you know, something that's like, oh, by the way, you should dust this first. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you got to pay attention yeah. to what's going on in the background. Yeah. And, yeah, because, you know, there, and there's in social media, there's kind of no time for that because it's such an immediate uh, format. And, you know, let's face it, things like Facebook, um, you're seeing people's vacation. You're seeing the happy moments. You're seeing the best of them. I, I was just giving a uh, demonstration at Lindenville State College here in Vermont doing a painting demonstration, which is nerve wracking enough. But they they asked a great question. You know, it's just like, do you uh, ever, like, not like the painting you work on or have a feeling of dread? Or And it's true. On social media, you see the end product. You see the, the gorgeous painting. You see the great drawing. But people don't understand what goes into it or the times you're just like, oh, you know, I hate this piece of shit. Yeah, it's opening of the vein. No one wants to see right. that. Right, 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 right. You know, but they they do want to see the pretty picture. Yeah. Yeah, so or, or it, the, the, yeah go ahead. Well, you know, and it's made me think, you know, I might it might be interesting to, and I've even posted some of my failures, you know, just sure to show that, you know, it, it's not easy and not everything comes out great. And you've got to keep trying and working at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's... Um, it's important to show the process to a point, because, right. but I, in the reality is no one no one wants to know how the trick is done. Right. right they, exactly. they want to be wowed and awed. The right. only person who really wants to know how the trick is the, is done is the person who wants to do the same thing that you're doing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and and that's different than an audience who is just experiencing. You know, that's one of the things that, that's kind of bad about being an artist is that. Sometimes I feel like I can't just enjoy the movie, the picture, the book. Because in my mind, I'm thinking about how did they do that? How did they do that? How would I do that? You know what I mean? Oh, right, right. I'll be honest. I watch movies now with a clipboard and a pen in my hand. Yeah. Where I take little notes and what have you. And it's okay. Like, I've come to terms with that. But I I remember thinking at one point in my life, was like, why can't I just, like, I know this is a beautiful painting. Why can't I just revel in that? Why do I have to go? Well, you peeked behind the veil, right? You you know that there's what it what it, it takes, right? And so, and maybe you want to steal some of that shit. Totally, That's, and totally. I'm all for that. Man, I remember like the first Roger Dean book that I got yeah. when I was a kid, and I just like you know it's like you know it's a big coffee book type thing, mm-hmm. and I'm just like opening up these things, and I'm like. How do you do that? How do you do that? You <laughs> yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, how yeah. would I do that? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Matthew. Um, yes. How do people find you? <laughs> <laughs> so well, start heading north. There you go. <laughs> uh, when you get to Canada, take a right. <laughs> yeah. 
You'll find me right there in Vermont. How close are um, you to Burlington? About an hour. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's oh you do. That's yeah, the basic. He, talked to, he talks about growing up in, in the winters, ice skating across Lake Champlain. And that sounded yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, that's that cool. That sounded very cool. Yeah. But anyway, you have a website, yes? I do. It's um it's MatthewSylvesterArt.com. Just one long word. Okay. Awesome. And that's and where everyone can find out not see some of your work but also find out what you're doing. Absolutely. And um you can uh I have Matthew Sylvester Art on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. Or just look up me, Matthew Sylvester, on Facebook. You know, I, I mix a little bit more of some family things and art and sure. kind of, you know. Pictures of your house and right. Uh, your yeah, money, just your, your, yeah. Re, your remodel. Yeah. Yeah. Money flying out the window. Right. <laughs> but, or. Well, that's why we've been working so much on it because you know it's you got this budget and you got to do all this. So yeah. do as for, much as you can. For listeners, prior to the show starting, Tom and Matthew were talking about the the, the remodel that he's been working on. Yes, house. it's kind of oh, yeah, up yeah, a couple times throughout the show yeah, yeah, yeah. without context. It's a major. So. I know. Sorry, <laughs> it's, a, it's a major remodel. From yeah. what I can tell. You're, yeah, you're, it's a big undertaking. You ever tempted to like? Art, artify your house. Like, I want to put a mural on this wall, you know, or. No, you know, it's just for some. <laughs> it's like, I, what are you I kidding? Have to put, I got to put more art on the wall, you know, especially if I finally, you know, a few years ago did a big painting for my wife. You know, she. It, it's so funny because I don't have a lot of my work up on the walls, mm-hmm. you know, because we have a daughter and people come into the house and. Yeah. Yeah. horror paintings everywhere so I'm, I'm working on it yeah, yeah but yeah. no I, I like this old you know it's like an old victorian and i'm just sort of kind of trying to respect the bones it already has sure and, sure 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 yeah yeah i don't trust that i don't trust when i walk into someone's place and there's a lot of their shit on the wall i kind of go mm, i don't know that you know well i is it yeah I, I get that i understand that and at the same time where else am I going to put the right, shit? Right, right. You know, it's like nobody else is buying it. So. <laughs> I'm going to hang it all over well, the place. Well, you know, it's one of the good, the really great things about doing this podcast is, you know, talking with people who, like Matthew and I have never talked. But right. I feel like oh, we've totally. known each other forever. Dude, we could, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So we have to get you back on on, on a on a topic show, but yeah. well, um, well, I would, I would love to. I mean, it was, it was great to finally talk to you in person, talk to Langley, and uh, it was great doing those projects with you and Cat. I mean, yeah, you guys really know how to treat artists and well, work with them, and it was, nice. it was great. Nice. <laughs> Look at that. And I got to do some, you know, I got to do a piece for Carpe Noctum. I mean, hey. how freak, I, how freaking cool is that? That's so. awesome. Well, <laughs> I think you're talking to the wrong guy. Remember we talked about you look at the the opening in the vein? Yeah. yeah all I can I think of carpet knock on I just, just think like, about oh. that cost me so much money. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's gotta be gratifying to know that like people dug it. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as I sip my ramen and <laughs> anyway. Well But I I wanna thank you for coming on and we'll get you back on again. We are going um, we are going to go and take a break, and then we'll be back in just a second.
Okay, so we're back. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Again, we always say that. <laughs> but it's one of those things, like we were kind of alluding to. It's like, I've, I, I've, there are these people that, you know, I've never been in face-to-face with or ever talked to. Right. I've talked to them on Facebook. And then when you meet them, all that weird shit in the beginning of talking to someone is gone. Yeah. And... and Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Matthew was great. One of us. One of <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, moving on to second hour stuff. Got a couple of things. A couple of these I don't believe, can't believe they weren't even talked about. But first of all, we'll talk about deaths. Number one, Johnny Halliday, French singer. Yeah. Um, Prime Minister of France came out and he was like weepy wow. about it. Yeah, going like, yeah, this guy was a big deal. Yeah. I've never heard him. <laughs> so I'm imagining he's a kind of a crooner, kind of a. Have you ever he's, heard any of his stuff? I I, I want to say he's kind of the the French Elvis in a way. Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, some stuff that I heard, I was just like, wow, that's like, that's a big deal. Yeah, um, but it was a, yeah. I mean, it was kind of it was just bizarre. Um, another one was Steve Revis. He was a, a native actor. He was in Fargo and Dances with Wolves. Mid fifties. Oh wow. Passed away. Um, I'm picking and choosing here. Uh, Juan Luis Bunel, filmmaker, son of Louis Bunel. Oh wow. Um, uh, Andalusian dog, just passed. Um, I have no. I've never. Didn't even know that this guy was making films. Yeah. But, um, and then uh, August Ames, um, mid-20s adult film star. It's coming out now that um, she was being bullied online. And so, and she committed suicide. Wow. Because of it. Because people were, you know, never read the comments section. Well, I right, think she right, did. Right, and, and people were taking her to task for some choices and, you know, wholly undeserving. And, uh, you know... When people call you, tell you you suck and you're a whore, all you, right. you know, you start to go. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really too bad. And then these two, I didn't even hear about. Conrad Brooks was in Plan Nine from Outer Space. Right. And then Uli Lamel, um, he did. Uli Lamel is sort of a one generation's past Uwe Boll. Oh wow. Makes utter shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But made a lot of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't even hear anything. I think Tim Lucas mentioned that he passed. Huh. But, um, yeah, there's that. Um, going into news. Brian Singer. Right. Ha- is off of Bohemian Rhapsody, the Freddie Mercury thing. Yeah. Um, Dexter Fletcher, who did Eddie the Eagle, is taking over. Right. Um, and he- Singer's saying it's a family thing that he had to take care of. Yeah, I I find it interesting that it happens. It just so happens in 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 conjunction with allegations brought out against mm-hmm. him for the possible rape. There's of, a new one a, um, on a boat. There was something on a boat. Yeah. A young, an underage. So guy. it's interesting. It's it's you know it, it's who knows the real reason. Um, yeah. Well, but you know, it sounds like it, it sounds like regardless of whatever else is going on. Um, you know, the official story is that Singer wasn't present. You know, he was mm-hmm. yeah. He just stopped from, coming in. Yeah, and in fact, the DP took over and shot a Did bunch some of stuff. shots. Yeah, uh, but you know, the fact that uh, uh, that Brian Singer um, is accused of this kind of stuff 
it's like the worst kept secret in Hollywood. Everyone, I remember back on the X Men hearing stories about right. assistance and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's an interesting time where people are getting called to task. Yes. Um, and the hard part is, is that you know, it's all bad, but uh, it just seems like literally every day another somebody right. else is getting getting you know caught with stuff. Yeah. So hopefully in the end it'll breed. An environment that's more where people aren't doing this shit anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you know, and I, I guess that's the the positive message that comes out of all of this is that you know, with all of this being brought to light, that it changes behavior. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, and and you know, it's hard because people, the most basic social skills, don't get taught much anymore about yeah. like you know. Sometimes it just takes someone to go, hey, don't do that. You don't, we don't do that. Right. And then people go, oh. But when in, in Hollywood, when so much is bartered on position and leverage and... Right. So much is on the line monetarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hopefully, you know, hopefully... I, I, think that's why, I think that's why a lot of people stayed quiet about stuff. Sure. It's like, well, my career is shot if I... Mm-hmm. Tell people that so and so did. Well, it's this. one of those things where you know I, I had a g- old teacher that was very into military stuff, and he would always say, you know, if you're going to bring somebody down, you got to bring them all the way down. Yeah. Because if they have a breath left in them, they're going to come back. Right. And they're going to come after you. Don't leave so. them till they're cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. James Mangold is directing Elf Fanning in a finally a Patty Hearst bio. Yeah. Um, I wonder. Do modern audiences remember Patty Hearst? I it's hard to say because I remember Patty Hearst yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. remember how fascinating that story is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's been plenty of documentaries, and I, I want to say that somebody did a made-for-television dramatization. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but I but I feel like it hasn't fully been explored. But you know, it's it's like a lot of the trailers that we watch. You know, that's like looking at this particular thing in time, and I. I oftentimes are like, uh, if people aren't interested, it, like if people don't know this story, I don't know what's, I don't know if they're going to go to the theater to mm-hmm. see it. Um, and at the same time, that's how you tell stories, right? It's like right. you need to know this. You need. But to. there's also that whole sort of breed of things like um, the Big Short and um, right. this new The Post. Right. Where it's you know ripped from the headlines kind of thing, and um, and, People, that's and, and the thing about you know the way the world is now with the internet and and this influx of information is uh, people forget mm-hmm. you know because there's so much stuff right it's like it's easy to forget that this happened or that happened or and it was big it was yeah. a big deal yeah so yeah uh, this one I don't understand uh, Ryan Reynolds is going to be. Starring in Detective Pikachu. I don't get it either. The does guy's he, at the top of his game. Like, why are you this? doing this? The only thing I can think of is, I want to do a movie for my kids. Right. You know? Well, we've, uh, we've all talked to guys that have all Yeah, said De Niro that, did Rocky and Bullwinkle right. for that. And right. that was... Yeah. Um, but I just don't understand. It, it, it just, like, why would you take this gig? Yeah. You know? I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is odd too. Uh, in Canada, there's a comedy festival called Just for Laughs, 
Yeah. They released a rider this year this year that said that they are banning quote any material with sexual content that may offend. Isn't that mm. like obscenity? Like I don't know what that's it kinda is. It's kind of scary. That's, yeah. yeah that's like what? I can't make a single what dick joke. Well, there goes David Tell's act. Well, it it whenever you say something, whenever you say something like that might offend. Who? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah you know, it's like you know, uh, like I, as the comedian, I don't find this offensive. You, right. you know what I mean? So, well, you know, Patrice O'Neill, who's a fucking god in my book, but he said in an interview I just heard, he goes, in any given situation in a comedy club, half people, half of the people should be laughing, and half of the people should be horrified. Right. And I totally agree. Yeah. Because sometimes you got to do that. You got to step over the line and and be a little you know, whatever, to to get your point across. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that idea of least common denominator. If we offend anybody in this crowd, if it can offend anybody in this crowd, don't say it. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, maybe that person's prone to being offended. Right, exactly. And the comedy club, in my thinking, it's like a dojo. It's like, it's where you work shit out. Right, And sometimes exactly. to work it out, you got to be a little, yeah. You know, I, I think I, th- I think that that's a that's a slippery slope, and and people should not probably go there. I, I think that that is a misstep. I'm a big fan of Just for Laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love listening to. They have a radio show. Oh, good. And they uh, 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 will spotlight you know comedians talking about different things, and uh, I laugh really hard, and I hear things that I want to try to tell somebody else and I can never and remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so that's that's disappointing to hear. I mm-hmm. hope that they rethink that. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Uh let's see. Will Smith is hosting one strange rock for Nat Nat Geo. Sounds like Nat Geo wants their own cosmos. Okay. Um I don't know where Will Smith comes involved. He was in a movie where he played a scientist once, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Weird, um, and I think some of that may entail like this is for like my kids can watch this. Yeah, or my kids. I don't know that I want my kids. Well, my his kids are older, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, sure. Um, and then it was announced today, or the uh, last couple of days, Christopher Nolan's doing Bond Twenty Five with Daniel Craig. I'm interested. Suddenly, okay. Christopher Nolan doing a Bond film. Come on. Okay. I'm in. Sure. Yeah, you're you're talking to the guy that has never seen a Bond movie after Roger Moore. So, really? Yeah. Oh, there's a couple of good ones in there. There's some shit in there, but there's a couple of good ones in I there. I just, I, I, I just, I didn't want to see Timothy Dalton. I didn't want to see Pierce Bronson. I didn't, and Craig, um, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig, is probably amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I just had I, uh, the Daniel I Craig stuff, made the trip. There. It's bru- more brutal, yeah. and they go for like they literally do the how do they pull this off mm-hmm. stunts. Sure, um, I think the Daniel Craig ones are worth seeing. I think the cup first or so Timothy Dalton one isn't bad. Um, the Pierce Brosnan one, you know, there's that one with Michelle Yeoh. They they have their moments. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I sometimes I feel like, especially when when I'm looking at our list of trailers from week to week, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like that genre has, like I, 
I've moved on from that, you know, because, like, mm-hmm. I see stuff... And so I, much of it is stupid. So much of it is just, like, uh, It's weird male testosterone yeah, fuel fantasy and, and, stuff. And, and I don't know if that's an age thing or just, yeah. like, I've seen so much of it. Or I, I don't know, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, this is the big news this week. Quentin Tarantino <laughs> talking with J.J. <laughs> Abrams about an R-rated Star Trek film. Yeah. Patrick Stewart says, yeah, I'm in. Well, I'm not a fan, so it's hard for me to get... Of who? There's of, so much there. Of Star Trek. Okay. Um, it, other than the original three seasons that were filmed, yeah, yeah. you know, in the 60s. Um, beyond that, I really don't care. Um, I really like Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I don't know, you know. I, well, like, he's done. A, first of all, you can't let him write the script, because then it's going to be like, you know, Tom Far, say Tom Far again, motherfucker. Right. But <laughs> and you're that you don't. No one needs that. <laughs> On the other hand, Tarantino has directed episodes of CSI, right. and ER, and he's kept faithful. Yeah. He so, can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the question is, will he do it? You know. I, what happened to the Charles Manson project? You know, well, that's they, still going. Okay, but I think I think what happened was in this is that they were talking, Abrams and Tarantino, and Tarantino goes, "I got this great idea for a Star Trek thing," and J.J. Abrams was like, "Hold on, a I can sell this." So, so much of it I think depends on what they want to do. Yeah, here's what I would say if you're gonna matching filmmaker to topic. Quentin Tarantino, R-rated, The Klingon Empire. Yeah. I'm there now. Yeah. Suddenly, I'm okay with it being a little sure. violent and a little, yeah. you know. So, they have to do something because those last cup, that last one didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to re-inject, I mean, re-in- reinvigorate your franchise, a sure. curveball like Quentin Tarantino would work. Okay. Uh, PBS announced that Christine Amina. Amanapur is taking over for Charlie Rose, who they fired because of more of yeah, his sexual allegation right. stuff. Um, I'm down for that. I think Amanapur does a great job sure. on stuff. Um, Pet Cemetery remake coming in 2019. Who called for this? I don't know. I like the first one's fine. It's it. I blame it. Yeah. You know, everyone's revisiting everything. I've I, I have seen a couple of things. Um, in recent history that uh, I really liked. Um, I think Gerald's Game is great. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of weird. King, and what I mean by weird is King doing bondage. Well, yeah. You know, you, I, I cock an eyebrow. Well, there, there's... But it's inept bondage, right? There's it's always... Right, exactly. Neophytes trying there's to... There's always that thing with King where he... I feel like he he has a puritanical streak, Mm -hmm. and and he, um, for lack of a better word, vilifies deviants. Yeah, we'll go with that word. And at the same time, um, and at the same time, he always seems like he has to address it. Well, he wallows in it. It's like this weird thing. Like it's like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do bondage. It's like okay, Um, but King's sex scenes always come off like. You know, your dad telling me about some chicky bang yeah. back in the service. It's like, oh, I don't need to hear this. Um, it's true. Uh, 1922, a uh, 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 movie on Netflix right now um, based on a King. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, yeah, I, I... So, 
I get it. I just I just feel like the story's been told. Yeah. And well, there's that argument that it, you know it has to be reimagined for a new generation, and I'm like, nah, no, it doesn't. No, it's like the new generation needs to learn how to broaden their horizons a little bit. Right. Right. And then understand that you know. Uh, let's see. For a long time, they've been trying to get... Remember that book you always saw in uh, Barnes & Noble, Scary Stories to Tell in the yeah. Dark? Well, they're making a movie of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've had a lot of trouble keeping directors. But right now, they've um, hired Andre Overdahl, who did Autopsy of Jane Doe and Troll Hunter. Yeah. I'm in. Sure. I love Troll Hunter, man. I that, too. Dude, that's a cool movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I haven't seen Autopsy of Jane Doe, but I hear it's great. I hear it's great. Yeah, so I'm in. Yeah, I don't. I when you tell me scary stories and tell me dark, I'm thinking anthology film maybe. Yeah, because I don't see a one overarching narrative. There. Right. So we'll see. Uh, they did that with Goosebumps. Right. Yeah. And they're doing another one of those. Oh, great. Yeah, I know. Um, next season of Game of Thrones not till 2019. Yeah. For, for like what six episodes to wind all this shit up? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I mean, I get it. I mean, those those. If you ever watch Game of Thrones, it's dense. There's a lot of shit going on. Expensive, time-consuming. Yeah. I worry about um, um, too much time passing. They're running into that now with Stranger Things, where they've... they've Netflix has greenlit season three, mm-hmm. but the kids are growing up too fast. Right. And so <laughs> what they're I, doing is a time jump. Where they're going to go, and now sure. they're 17, and here's right. where they are, or whatever. Well, you know, and that can work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the only time that I've seen it, like, really work was the Harry Potter flicks. Yeah. Where you literally had... Well, they were in production for eight years, seven years. Yeah, exactly. Through. It was like one giant movie. Yeah. So, as the kids changed from film to film, it made sense because it was a new school. Yeah. You got... You had a movie coming out every year, mm-hmm. and and uh, and everyone goes through changes between school years. Right. I saw this awesome thing. It was like Stranger Things season three has been okay, and uh, <laughs> and uh, the 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 new class or the new cast is all entirely the original cast from Roseanne, and the <laughs> and the and the title of the show has been changed to Roseanne, and the subject matter is Roseanne. <laughs> Yeah. Which was such a weird, odd thing. I was just like, that's brilliant. Yeah, they're, uh, they're doing that, rebooting the whole thing, the Roseanne thing, and they're starting to show cast photos and stuff. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I always used to love Roseanne's uh, Halloween episodes. Yeah. They were always great. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who seems to be in charge of all the Star Wars movies. She's in charge of everything. Everything. Yeah. Wants Taika Waititi to do a Star Wars movie. That... Sure. Depending on what you zero in on, I say, give him Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> it fits the comedic element. Sure. I, I was saying to someone just last night, here's what I want to see out of Star Wars. I want to see Jar Jar Binks coming out of out of a prison camp where somehow he gets captured and, he's a, and he comes out as a hardened fighter. Yeah, he's like Snake Plissken. Yeah. <laughs> like where he's like... Me still going to kick your fucking ass. I'm down for that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, you know, I, I, with with the Star Wars universe and and you know with the rebirth of Star Wars, 
and uh, it, you know them talking about doing you know little side mm-hmm. projects that don't necessarily deal with the big arcing story or whatever. I would love to see. I would love to do. I would love to see somebody do a National Geographic type of nature show uh-huh. where they go to different places in the oh, Star sure. Wars universe. You know, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, a yeah, Steve yeah, Irwin type character who's showing you <laughs> this creature, this critter, this creature. Yeah. You know, I would love that. And two, uh, I want something that deals purely with Dagobah. Sure. Uh, you know, it all takes place there. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Yoda movie. There's got to be more to this planet than just Absolutely. Yoda. You know, it's a big planet. Yeah, and uh, I I just Wookie love... Homeworld. Oh, dude, yeah, exactly. I mean, we got a little of that. Can in the... we redo the Star Wars Christmas special, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I want to see. I want to see all that. I want to see. You know, I I don't care much, but I think if you're going to do it, I like that. What they're saying now is, Rian Johnson had said that with Episode Nine that ends the Skywalker uh, saga. Sure. And he's got a whole new thing coming up and I'm like, yeah, let's let, leave that leave those people alone. Let's yeah. let's do something else. Yeah. Um but it looks like they're going to be doing one. It's it's going to be Star Wars forever. It's going to be one every year. Yeah. I'm Spe- waiting for the Star Wars Marvel crossover. I'm getting to that. <laughs> am I getting to that? Yeah, I am getting to that. Oh my god. Carrie Fisher's dog Gary inspired a character in last year. <laughs> and all it does it's it's literally this weird uh creature this guy's holding like a dog and its yeah. tongue's out <laughs> like when i say inspired i don't know um sci-fi is bringing next year an r-rated deep blue sea too oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know, the on. intelligent sharks the intelligent sharks and um I mean, I don't care. It's one of those great shitty movies. That movie. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I did like how quickly Samuel Jackson. The death of Samuel L. Jackson yeah. is the bomb. Yeah, that's great. It's just yeah. fucking great. And there's even more. There's like LL Cool J in there for no good reason. Right. Thomas Jane, yeah. who seems to go to everything but car door opening. Right. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, speaking, I had talked about scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, coming October 11th, 2019, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That Remember the Nickelodeon thing? Yeah, the, but I, don't, I didn't ever pay attention to it. It was kids gather, they gather around a fire in the woods, and then they tell spooky stories. Okay, so it was an anthology series. Yeah, it's going to be an anthology okay. series. Um, this was kind of, These next few were kind of odd to me. New movie coming out called Mom and Dad. Nick Cage, Selma Blair... A worldwide hysteria takes over where parents start to kill their kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want Nick Cage stalking through hallways with an axe in his hand. <laughs> Just screaming. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I bring that up other than Nick Cage. I think it's funny that the idea, like, he, he will literally, like, the slimmest of ideas. In the, yeah. You know. He's got a lot of bills to pay off. I know, right? Taxes. <laughs> Uh, so NBC's doing a co- version of Jesus Christ Superstar. Right. And they just cast... King Herod. King Herod, and that's Alice Cooper. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. He's I, got the, one of the best songs in the, in the play. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's perfect. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that's a great idea. And I think it also kind of betrays where they're going with it. Nah. Yeah, nah. I don't think it's going to be as surreal as the movie. Right. Um... 
But I've always thought you play that visually, you play it straight, right? And then you then the rock music, yeah. But you know, sure, I'm I, I'm almost down for that. They seem to have been be doing handling these properties well. They did, you know, um, what was it? They've done a couple. Sleeping Beauty, I want to say. Uh-huh. Anyway. And then there's the Disney Fox deal. Um, that's what we were talking about, about Marvel, Star Wars. Right. That makes it all possible. Right. It makes, not only does it make, um, I was listening to Kevin Smith talk about this last night. Um, not only does it make Avengers X-Men possible. Right. But it makes X-Files Aliens possible. Right. It makes uh, this. It brings in Fantastic Four. I think it makes all these horrible ideas possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark Bernardin had a good point, and that is with the this merger, there's now one less place to sell ideas to. Well, here's the thing. Now it fall falls under that Disney banner. Right, and here's the thing: is that uh, would. Will we get a movie like Logan Maybe. under this new thing? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that I think that Marvel and Disney are so tuned into, much like the Star Wars films, are so tuned into this formula mm-hmm. that is working that I don't I don't see room. I, I don't see them making room for the the different artistic choice. You know, I don't care. I don't give a shit about the X Men movie, but Logan is fucking cool. Yeah, and I don't know if people would. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't. Know. I think. I think at this point, if the DC Marvel thing, I think Marvel has got it all locked down. Right. And even though all of its second act and everything we talked about, it's all this big overarching um, thing. DC hasn't been able to pull it off. So I'd love to see DC abandon the uh, connected universe. And do really interesting things. This um, Tom Hardy is Venom thing makes me kind of go, wow. That could I be didn't cool. see that coming. Yeah. Um, seeing alone, I mean, handling, doing a Batman I'll, movie and doing it right. Dude, I, forever. Show me a Carnage movie. Show nice. me a Carnage movie. Not a, not, not a, 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 a Spider-Man movie with yeah, Carnage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Show me a Carnage movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we, there's these certain things keep popping up. I, I, I you know, this uh, McFarlane directed Spawn. Right. They seem to be going, going, going for it. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. By I, the way, I don't think Spawn is worthy of the hatred that it receives. I like Spawn. It was oh, cool. I agree. Yeah. I, I even like. Remember the cartoon they did? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. really interested. Disappointed, but interested to see the the new Hellboy. Mm-hmm. I rewatched the Hellboy movies yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, I just love that. I love that universe so much. Mm-hmm. I love those characters. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, I it'll be. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it'll just be a minor bump in the road. Yeah. But you know, I, I we were talking off mic, but Dave Harbor, who's playing Hellboy, right? There's all these videos of of, of him now, like covered in sweat and, and just an he's anguish, having to work his ass off, an anguish look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> of like, what the fuck? Well, you know, it's funny. I was reading an article where he's like, you know, they're they're making me do all this working out, and then 
he lost X amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, no, you're too little to play. <laughs> Boy. So now they're like plying him with like milkshakes and like, it's like, you know, it, and it's kind of dumb because it's like the suit is a muscle suit. Like he doesn't have to look like, you know right. what I mean? Well, yeah. they, they could make him look, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he's also saying that they're they're mapping out like really big stunts. Mm. So, sure, you oh. know, I'm 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 interested, but I expect something not nearly as good as the Del Toro yeah. stuff. By the way, Del Toro's Shape of Water is just they're already talking Golden Globes and Critics Choice, and yet the fucking thing isn't playing anywhere yeah. near. It here. doesn't it's open nationwide until the 11th. What well, I keep hearing different. Like I thought it was opening on the 8th. Yeah, no, I thought it was the first, and I'm just like, <laughs> the I, last I heard was the 11th. I have right. like three different websites that are supposed to ding me with an alert whenever. It well, pops I love up. that I'm starting to see articles solely about Doug Jones, and that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving on to trailers. Um, mixed bag. Uh, yeah. Uh, some cool stuff. Some cool stuff. Uh, we'll just start at the beginning. Seven days in Entebbe. Um, well, didn't we? It's a docudrama. Looks very sort of uh, uh, Munich. Munich. I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, but I remember Raid on Entebbe. Right. It's the exactly. Same story. It's the same story. Um, I remember what when it being, happened. Being a kid and seeing the footage of the plane out on the, mm-hmm. you know. And I and and again, I just kind of feel like. I don't know, and maybe this maybe this comes from maybe this feeling that I have with these types of projects comes from having been around at the time. Mm-hmm. I kind of like I I feel like it's all been told, you know. I don't know. Well, again, you you try hope unless they can. This seems to be centered on the hijackers, right? So maybe maybe that's the 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 bargaining chip of like we're, we're going to get in their head lens, yeah. and you know. The hard part is when you when you take the indefensible and you try to make it defensible. Right. And maybe that's what they're doing. And yeah. then I'm interested. But I... Yeah. I'm not overly excited. It looks well made. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm Dude, sure it's going to... looks well made anymore, <laughs> though, right? It's like... uh, well, actually, I, I <laughs> threw a couple trailers off this list that didn't... Um, but there's that. Um... Accident Man, based on a comic book, Scott Adkins and Michael Jai White. Um, I, so, action movie, a lot of martial arts, mm-hmm. that's cool. Seems um, to be, what I gather from the premise, it's that he's a, he's a assassin who makes deaths look like an accident. Right, and he's part of a team, and there's each, everybody's got their specialty, mm-hmm. and, uh, apparently his wife or girlfriend gets killed, and he's convinced that it's one of the members of the team. Yeah. Who did the who did wow, the Wow, you got way more <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so he now he's he's trying to here's okay. I don't first of all, if it's if the movie has the same spirit as the trailer, uh, I'm on board. It was fun. He you know, they're like kind of presenting it as like, you know, I'm so and so and here's you know, I would have Carl Cleaver or whatever his, yeah. you know, it's kind of yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like uh, you know Fox Force Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking the uh, same thing. And uh, but here's the thing that I was most excited about: there's a double flying sidekick to a dude on a motorcycle, <laughs> and it made me think of like uh, there was this uh, martial arts movie like 1979, Joe Lewis 
Wow. That martial artist Joe Lewis, not uh-huh. the boxer Joe uh-huh. Lewis. And he does this stunt where he's like running, and there's two guys on motorcycles, and he does this twin front snap kick. He jumps <laughs> up in the air, he kicks both these guys off the sure motorcycle. Sure he does. And when I was a kid, I was just like, oh, oh. head blown. Well, at the time. Every one of those, at least the American martial arts movies, they all had a moment, right? They all had that yeah, poster yeah, yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For good guys were black, it was the flying sidekick through the car yeah, windshield, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all had that. And uh, for me, this moment, which I'm sure is going to be like a blink of an eye that nobody's going to pay attention to, that's the moment for me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to see the guy kick the guy off the motorcycle. Well, we see a lot of that in like the first on Bach. Right, a exactly. Lot but, but Scott Atkins fucking works his ass off on yeah. all those shitty and undisputed movies yeah. and what have you and michael jai white is fucking legit yeah he's yeah he's so the shit. speaking yeah. of spawn yeah yeah but that guy i don't know why he isn't a bigger star i don't either yeah he's he's i mean man black blood dynamite and bone, black like, dynamite blood and bone brilliant he does a lot of shit yeah but I think that's mostly because you do what's offered. That's what that's what's available. Yeah. Right, right, right. But I think he's a, he could he can hold his own. Sure. Um I'm gonna Acts of Violence. Bruce Willis meant seems to be mentoring vigilantes. So the trailer came on and within two seconds I see Bruce Willis's bald head and I'm like, I already don't like it. Mm. <laughs> it seems like this in the Death Wish remake. Yeah. It's like he's going, he's there's a certain thing that he's he's choosing. Yeah. Um, I I I found it uninspiring. Yeah. Um definitely um um more of the same mm-hmm. um derivative I it just it doesn't look interesting to me at all. Yeah, You're I right. I I brought I added it mostly because of the connection to Death Wish and and that yeah. kind of thing, and it just seems like you know, man, what are you doing? I Bruce? get the feeling that like, and and maybe this speaks more to me, but I I don't think he's who he thinks he is. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I and I realized. That, so you know the charm of Die Hard isn't that he's a badass; is that he's, he's not a badass. He's a bumbling guy. You know, yeah, he's a regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can see yourself in his shoes. Mm-hmm. And then when he ah, does shoes. stuff like this, <laughs> his shoes. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I don't see. It. I still. You know, my favorite Bruce Willis is, you know, the guy in Moonlighting. Oh sure. You know the kind of smartass Bill Murray type. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he does. I think he does that best. That's yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Well, even you brought up Die Hard. There's a lot of that. There's yeah, that sort of yeah. snappy. Yeah, but somewhere, magazine used to somewhere call. over the, or I don't know, over the years, he became you know the hard ass. You know, and I don't. I've never bought it. Yeah. Well, go to YouTube and look up Kevin Smith talking about working with him. Well, that's in, I think that that's part of my problem is that man. I hear I know these stories and I know what a dick he turned mm-hmm. out to be, and and especially to somebody who was a huge fan. Yeah, you know, and well, you know, the, Kevin Smith tells the story of them on the streets filming Cop Out, and some guy walked by. You know, they drove by, and they're like, you know, you be guy or whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, and they were sitting there going like they were just they had this moment and Kevin Smith as he was turning to him to go that's got to be fucking amazing right 
Uh, Willis looked at me and goes, I hate when they mention Die Hard. Yeah. It's like, oh, so it's like, you're why? an ass. You're an ass. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um, Plus, have you ever seen interviews that he's done? Where he's yeah. just oh. like, he's just a fucking dick? He's, yeah, he's there's one like, in particular, I want to say for the whole, the sequel, the whole 10 yards or whatever it was. Yeah. Where he's sitting there with his, a, a co-star. And the co-stars even look at him like, what's going on? Well, why are you antagonizing, yeah. you know. Anyway. This guy's doing his job. He's asking you questions about the movie. Right, right, right. And you're being an asshole. Yeah. So this thing, it seems like, yep, Bruce is working. Yeah. And, you know, that, beyond that. Uh, I'm going to skip that one and come back to it. Uh, Altered Carbon, Netflix um, project about, it looks like a body transfer thriller. Like you're able to... Take your intellect and put it into oh, another it's, body. It's, it's one of those trailers where it's like you're not really seeing a trailer. It's like, like a commercial. It's for like a, a commercial yeah, for yeah, the company yeah, yeah. that's in the like they did with uh, Resident Evil uh, and the, the 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 big hippopotamus super pig thing. Remember? Oh, Oakja. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly come like out that. And talk about like her companies. Exactly like, like that. Yeah. This looked good. I mean, it looked interesting. It looked mm-hmm. as interesting as. I, it looks like it like if you're if you're um, craving cyberpunk and and Blade Runner hasn't done it enough for you or right. or Westworld yeah this is another place to go or Ghost in the Shell yeah uh, by the way Westworld shut down production because of the fires yeah in, in uh, dude LA. it's like the, the fires are nuts down it's there right now scary. and it's still the wrong time of year yeah for that shit. it's winter yeah and it's still burning up yeah but there's nothing wrong with our climate <laughs> uh, let's see. Flashback to Dying Polar Bear again. I know, right? <laughs> um, Day of the Dead Bloodline. It's the second reboot of Romero's Day of the Dead. Did somebody already do a remake yeah. of Day of the Sean Dead? Sean Cunningham did back in the day. Written by Jeffrey Reddick, who I'm trying to get on the show. Uh, who, who did also... Jeffrey did all the Final Destination movies. Right, right, right. right. But he, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, I. It's It's... It's hard for me because I so love those three um, initial installments by Romero. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, and I recognize whatever failings they may or may not have. Um, sure. But I'm far too emotionally attached to them. I know, for, as an example, you know, you, you maintain that um, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead sure. is, is better than Romero's right. Dawn of the Dead. And, and I... Send your letters. And as a film, I get that. I I totally understand that. But it's Dawn of the Dead. I know. And you know what I mean? I know. It's like and and I feel that way about Day of the Dead too. Well, the Sean Cunningham Day of the Dead was terrible. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. And and this looks like it's more practical effects. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that you're going to do anything. You know what I felt as I was watching it? I was like, this reminds me of the Evil Dead reboot where okay. I I fully acknowledge it's a solid movie and there's amazing effects in there mm-hmm. but it's it didn't it didn't for me it didn't have the heart that yeah. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 had right where you know you know part of part of the reason why I'm watching Evil Dead is for the camp mm-hmm. you know and all of that was gone you well, know. I remember seeing Evil Dead 2 after seeing Evil Dead 1 and being pissed. Right, because like, it was so campy. What the fuck is right? this? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing Evil Shout Dead. Shout out to Sandy Gunnerud, who went, I was with. Yeah, well, I, we went and saw. I, I remember seeing Evil Dead 2 before I saw Evil Dead. Oh, wow. And I was just like, 
what is this subversive <laughs> How weird, shit? right? You know, and like, it wow. made me go like, this is brilliant, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, there's a fucking eyeball on a fish line that I can see, like, flying across <laughs> the screen and landing in this yeah, kid's yeah, mouth. Yeah. And then I saw Evil Dead, and I was disappointed because I wanted more of the same. Funny. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. It's, but it makes sense. You know, all of that makes sense yeah. with Evil Dead. I mean, when you when you understand the Stooges connection. Sure. And all that kind of stuff. I will say this. You know, I, I've not been keeping up with it, but uh, I think... I think Ash versus Evil Dead mm-hmm. has all of that in spades. If you're if you're that guy, then you like, you know, the nyuk 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 aspect of yeah. Evil Dead. That's your show. Well, you know, in an interview, uh, Bruce Campbell was just telling people like, you gotta you gotta pay for the show. If you don't pay for the show, they're not gonna make anymore. Yeah, you know, it's, it's gonna go away. Show to, yeah. or stars or whatever it's on is gonna go. Well, no one's watching this. Right. So, anyway. A uh, movie called Lean on Pete, Kid Steals Horse. Um, it looked more than just a Kid Steals Horse movie, though. Sure, it's it's a it's it's by one of my favorite newish studios, A twenty four, who mm-hmm. keeps cranking out these indie movies, and I'm just right. like, I I love it. Um, I feel like I'm not in that space anymore. This is a movie that I would have watched the shit out of in the early nineties okay. when I was like feeding myself with things like Trees Lounge. And yeah, you know yeah, yeah, every yeah, little yeah. indie thing that I could possibly get my hands on because yeah. that was that was the fuel to the fire, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this guy made a movie with you know this crappy camera and and it all focused on dialogue and there didn't have to be explosions and stuff. And this movie totally looks like that. It, yeah. it looks great. It, it, uh, Jennifer said, you know, she's like, I will watch this and ball my eyes oh, out yeah. the entire time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Please Stand By. Dakota Fanning plays a girl who writes Star Trek fiction. Out of all the movies this week, this thing, I'm looks just like, great. fuck, I, I want to see this so bad. Um, looks like she's on a mission to try to sell a script that yeah. she wrote. Uh, and she runs it. She's, so, she's, she's being pursued as a runaway. Yeah. And she has the good fortune of running into a cop. Who speaks Klingon. Who speaks Klingon. He's like played by Patton Oswalt. Yeah. And it's just like, yes. And uh, it looks fantastic. Yeah, I, it does. Yeah. Looks quirky it's, and weird, but fun. It speaks to that creative uh, part of, well, that, that, that passion that creative people have. Mm-hmm. It's like, she has no choice. She has to write this. Yeah. It's not even like, oh, I like this. It's like, no. I, well, she's clearly on the spectrum. Right. And it, yeah. that kind of razor focus gets her to where she, you know. Exactly. That, the, yeah. that, the thing that's seen as a disability is actually her ability. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, but it's I agree with you. Power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Um, Thoroughbreds, Anton Yelchin, it's been described as American Psycho meets Heathers. Um, I, I love the quirkiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Like one girl's a sociopath and the other one has a really shitty stepfather who right. they talk about killing. Right, exactly. Um, the, it, uh. I, I, I totally want to watch this. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to go to the theater and watch we'll it. We'll go to the theater. If it comes on Netflix, I'll add it to my yeah. queue. Yeah. For, for people who like really dry, quirky, dark comedy, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it 
It's very Heather's-y. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the one we just... The trailer we just reviewed the other day, or the other week. Um, shit, The Grief Girls, or something like that it was called. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like high school, but really twisted high school. Right. And, yeah. Uh, Wormwood. Netflix documentary on um, Operation Wood... Uh, uh, Operation Wormwood which was when the government was testing LSD on certain people. Right. And, and there seems to be some sort of... I seem to remember this story. I, I, this guy wound up jumping out a window, mm-hmm. if I remember properly. Um, well, to be fair, it wasn't like they were... When they were dosing people with LSD, they weren't given, like, what we would consider yeah, a hit. Take a tab of acid. No. Yeah, no. It was take like... this, <laughs> this jar of it and, <laughs> and trip your balls off. Yeah. This, take this amount that would get an army of elephants high, mm-hmm. and let's see what happens. Um, well, first of all, Errol Morris, mm-hmm. um, genius. Mm-hmm. Um, love Errol Morris. Um, and uh, I, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the dramatization parts, mm-hmm. because kind of like the Thin Blue Line, mm-hmm. it seems like it's equal parts documentary, interviews, that type of thing, and yeah. reenactments of what's going on, yeah. or what was going on. So It's almost like what they're doing with lore on ABC, or yeah, Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'm all, I'm yeah, all I'm on board. Down. And especially, it's Netflix, I don't gotta go to the theater to see <laughs> it, I'm all over And it. fans of people like Mindhunter and Making of a Murder, this right. is right up your alley. Yeah. Um, and then they, we're gonna get to the big three. Uh, we'll start with Deadpool 2. It was mostly a trailer for uh, something at the Brazil Comic Con. It's not really a trailer. And and I've noticed in the uh, Deadpool world, they've been doing a lot of this stuff, like the Bob Ross thing. Mm -hmm. They're like doing these weird little promos, which I think is fun, and I I like it. I'd like to see more from the movie. Yeah. I remember Give me something. Yeah, well, I remember the very first teaser Mm -hmm. was cool. Remember the guy, he's like... The guy's, like, getting robbed and getting killed in an alley, yeah. and he's, like, trying to change in a phone booth or yeah. some shit, and well, they're, they're too late. They're hinting now at one of the treasers, t- t- there was a cable. The cable's arm was in it. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I would sooner or Have later... Have seen Cable? Was no. Cable in the Spider-Man movie? Who the no. fuck was that guy? Cable was a X, as I don't remember, X-Force. He was the big foil for Deadpool in who a did, lot of ways. Who did... Who did uh, uh, um, God damn it! Um, hmm. But James Brolin. Whiplash is, was that a guy? Probably. God damn it! I don't it know. was it's, like a Iron Man movie or some shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whiplash. Okay. Uh, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, Mickey Rourke. Where yeah. he? So who the hell's Cable? Cable's like I don't. It's fuck. It's comics. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this thing, I think it's a way to keep it in people's line of sight. Right. And uh, but ultimately they're going to need to have to, and it's so banking on. Reynolds likability. Yeah. So um yeah. I I'm I remain interested. I, I'm I'm expecting it to be now that the studio is getting involved because it's like a big money maker sure. it's going to Well the the same things that I think make Deadpool great mm-hmm. are what make me worry you know any any time they're going to come out with a new movie mm-hmm. because I think once you it's like Groot, right? Mm-hmm. People love Groot. Oh well, we'll make him well, super cute in the. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like no, you, like you no. Then you go too far. Mm-hmm. So if you have Deadpool being too silly, mm-hmm. then it loses its power. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm just hoping that 
a lot of what we were seeing in the Deadpool movie was Ryan Reynolds in it. Sure. Because now they have a different director, so. Uh, hey, I, and if it doesn't work out, you know, he's got that Pikachu thing. So. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, looks cool. Looks cool. Uh, looks expensive. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it looks to be, you know... Um, Here's the thing with the Jurassic Park movies. As much as I love dinosaurs and I love those movies, um, you know, what else can you do? You know, it's like... It, 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 You're hiding from dinosaurs. Yeah and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it looks to be more of the same. Having said that, um, there was this great behind-the-scenes things that they released a couple days before mm-hmm. they released the trailer. And we're seeing a return of the animatronic dinosaurs, yeah. uh, the practical well, I, effects. And, and that has me... Ecstatic, right? Super stoked. Yeah, the um, the premise seems to be that the volcano on the island is going to blow, right? And they decide that they have to hard get save some of these species for right. whatever reason. And it's very it's very cool to see um, the returning Ian character, mm-hmm. who is Ian it's Alfred. difficult to tell from the trailer if he's for saving the dinosaurs. Yeah. Or I also get I also wonder is he. Is he on the island, or is he just in that scene in the where they're trying to get funding? I bet they're. I bet he's just in the courtroom. Yeah, I think it, he's too. Uh, but one thing that's cool is like this is a trope from um, Lost World movies from the fifties and sixties. Is that the island's always, ex- you know, it's like the island's going to blow up. The the volcano goes off, mm-hmm. and then the island sinks. Um, from the Son of Kong all the way up through some other, I, well, I'm going to say, Lost Continent, and, sure. you know, a bunch of stuff. Sure, sure, and sure. that's a common trope. And so it's kind of neat to see that played out again. Because when I was a kid, dinosaurs were huge in my psyche, mm-hmm. but equally huge there were the fucking volcanoes. Like, yeah, that yeah, was a yeah, big yeah, deal yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason. Yeah, they, there was they were always in the pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing that I, here's what I worry about. Blue. Which is, I guess, some dinosaur that. Well, did you see? Did yeah, you see I did. The, okay, okay. So he's raised this thing from a baby, right? And now it's fucking big. Please don't make this thing his fucking dog. You know what I well, mean? Well, they, I mean, they did a they little. They kind of did because you see it him it, him get saved, right? In some little shot yeah, by yeah. this thing. But if it's if it's, already, I don't like that the T Rex saves them again. Yeah, uh, we see we see we that, in saw the, that we see that in the trailer, mm-hmm. right? The uh, uh, I can't remember the, what type of dinosaur it is, but it's the carnosaur that has the the bony things coming out. From yeah, its head. Uh, it's about to like do a number on them, and then the T Rex, you know, like bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, one, it's too convenient. Yeah, you know, and I and I just when it with if, with this thing, you know, I if this guy. If Star Lord is walking through the jungle with his happy go lucky T Rex following him like a like you know mm-hmm. right oh, that'd be silly. Please don't do yeah. that. Um, the closest thing I'd like that. to see to that is like somebody having a thylacine pet, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's not a pet, it's a partner. It's like you know, it's the saber tooth that chooses to walk with you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, because it's Shiva. Yeah, in fucking Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, um, Alita Battle Angel, Robert Rodriguez, sci-fi actioner. Very, looks very kind of ghost in the shell. So I, when I first saw, okay, well first, uh, Alita was the very, one of the first 
anime things that I ever saw. Mm-hmm. But at the time that I was watching, like, Fist of the North Star, sure. Akira, and Alita was one of those ones. And, uh, and I dug it. I totally dug it. Even though I'm not a big fan of anime. Mm-hmm. That story and that character, like, badass so much. So I drew it. You know, it's the only time I've ever tried because I hate that style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember James Cameron talking about wanting to do this, mm-hmm. right? Years, he was going to do it. Years and years yeah. ago. And then he did Dark Angel. Do you remember that? It yeah, was yeah, a TV the TV show. series. Yeah. That was very similar. And I was like, is this his Alita, yeah. you know? So... So I'm excited. When the trailer first opens and we see that first shot of her face, I'm like, oh, oh no. no. They go but, for the big anime eyes. Right, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those fucking things like Ugh. they do the Final Fantasy, you know, just I hate those things. Mm-hmm. The, the complete CGI, you know, no matter how realistic they make the people look. It's Agreed. Just, it's just dumb. Why are but you doing But then Christoph Waltz shows up and now I'm interested. And now I'm like, wait, whoa. Yeah, yeah. There's almost like very Geppetto in yeah, a weird yeah, yeah. way. It's, you know, it, and it, yeah, it's very much like that. Uh, and I, and I start looking at it, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. I don't think I've seen this before, where we have one of those type characters mm-hmm. in this live action world. Yeah. And, uh, so I think it's very interesting. I don't think the trailer shows us nearly enough, um, to kind of get a feeling. What's because, because it's a lot of like, they show the actor's name, and then they show the slow pan on their face. Yeah. Right? So uh, Christoph yeah. Waltz. You know, well, what's Jennifer his name? Connelly. The um, what's his name? Well, the there was a cyborg. It's just his face, and the rest yeah. of it is fucking cool looking. Yeah, he looks badass. It just shows how much, like Rodriguez is still honing everything he learned off of Sin City. Right. There's a lot of motion capture. There's a lot of CG shit right, in there. Right. 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 Um, there's a nice mix. And you, it looks you cool. had mentioned something. You had mentioned something to me um, uh, when we were texting about it, and you said, "Look at look at Robert Rodriguez <laughs> putting on his big boy, his big boy." And pants. it's true because this is a big ass movie. This isn't. Yeah. This is. I mean, as much money as some of his movies have made, he's never been that guy. Yeah. He's never been. You know. The, no, no big budgets for Robert. Right. Right. And uh, so, I, I'm. I'm I'm really, really interested. I'm interested mostly because I think it's going to be an indicator on when Rodriguez gets around to Fire and Ice. Yeah. Oh, God. I That could don't be so cool. fuck that no, up. No, please don't fuck that up. I know. It would be great. I'm not going to be happy until I see Alita like, put the blood on her cheeks. Right. Then I'm going to be like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I say, it looks good. It, I, you know, Christoph Waltz, I, I'm one of the few people that really like Zero Theorem, the... Terry Gilliam yeah. movie, and um, I've not, I've not, I love that guy. I've not seen him do anything bad. Even even like, I'm not a big fan of the Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. but I love him yeah, in it. Yeah, he's yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, so that's true. Um, yeah. Have you watched anything? No. Does it, really? <laughs> well, you said you would watch <laughs> Evil Dead's. Oh uh, well, yeah. Wait. No, not Evil Dead. You just said you watched something. Hellboys. Hellboys. Yeah. Hellboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've watched those movies. Probably a hundred times. But you just rewatched them. I, yeah, I rewatched That's them. comfort. You know? uh, yeah, totally. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to, 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 
you know, I, I keep waiting for this The Shape of Water, and I'm like, well, I don't got it, so I'm going to watch Chronos. Watch something I'm going to watch Devil's Backbone, Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm yeah. so stoked. I'm so excited for that. I know. I can't even... I can't even sit straight. And so many people I know who are Gilman fans that have seen it are going like, "Oh, this is this yeah. is the this is it." Um, God, God, I, <laughs> I know. Uh, me, go to my website. I, I review all these, but just a load of shit this week. Um, <laughs> um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. It was on. I was at someone's house. Right. I watched it, and it was terrible. Uh, mutant vampire zombies from the hood. See Thomas Howell in a goofy... It's very funny, and it's low-budget, right. it's stupid, but it's that. Um, Ted V. Michaels, The Worm Eaters. Don't ask me why. Ah, uh, Ted V. But I did. Uh, watch, I, have, I have, like, such conflicted feelings about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, watch The Lost Continent. Yeah, dude, that was yeah, great. fucking A. That was great. Um, Interesting, weird movie. Like, it is a weird <laughs> movie. It, like, doesn't really know what it wants to be, but it's happy to be there. Yeah, kind of. Thing. It's one of those movies that, like, if you're a steampunk person, yeah, there's a lot there yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, Even yeah, though yeah, you may yeah. not, it may not be on your radar. You need to check it out. Um, a terrible giallo that that a lot of people hold in high regard called the Pajama Girl case. It's uh, terrible. And then this little low budget exploitive grindhouse movie called. Run, bitch, run. <laughs> so it's about a girl who is going door-to-door selling Bibles, yeah. and she is grabbed and pulled into a house, and bad things happen to her, and she she gets kind of like Ms. 45. Right. She gets... Go to YouTube, look, type in Run, Bitch, Run trailer. It's got one of the greatest trailers in the world. This <laughs> dude putting on an affected voice, just talking talking about the film, but he's like, you know... White bitches, black bitches, <laughs> gun wielding bitches, and it's really offensive. But it's, it's kind of like so kind of like grind chip speech from Dust Till Dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's so funny, it, and it's it's one of those like I we mentioned it before. Um, the trailer for uh, Three on a Meat Hook. Yeah, it's one of those trailers that I just love to have in my back pocket yeah. just to drop. The on trailer somewhere. is almost. It's a better experience than the film yeah. itself. And it is in this case, because it gets, it's pretty exploitive, uh, and it's it's a little rough to go. Uh, anything on music you want to talk about? No. Okay. I've been, uh, yeah, at work, I've been training in this new position, and I got a new, I got a promotion and stuff, so well, you. I've been real doing that busy with work stuff, yeah. Well, as of late, I've been going, I go through the new releases on music a lot. And so i uh, got a couple things to talk about. Number one, Pluckhead soundtrack. You you guys just heard a little of that. Um, soundtrack to the movie, or the video game, Cuphead, which is a puzzler. They say it's super hard. Um, yeah. But anyway, has a style of an old Max Fleischer cartoon. Um, comedy record called Material, Material Yoga by Andrew Norelli. Um, a real cool rock gamey score by a group called Titan Slayer. The record's called Defcon One. Mm-hmm. There's a new Mark Isham. If you know Mark Isham, he's a trumpetist. He did the music for Mrs. Sofal and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's all covers of standards, and it's good. It's very the arrangement's very airy. If you know what I mean by that, like that sure. sort of jazz that's super airy. And then my pick of the week is this dude I've never heard of called Loquillo. L-O-Q-U-I-L-L-O. Imagine a Spanish-speaking rockabilly. 
Yeah. Um, I played you yeah, and Lorelai yeah, yeah. some of that. Yeah, and, it was, and it was great. It's great. Yeah. Very... Raka! <laughs> yeah. He's, he's great. And he has his giant pompadour, and he, and, he, and he looks very cool. Yeah. And um, What's weird is, like, I checked out some of the other stuff, and it wasn't like that. Some of it's real croony. Yeah, yeah. Like crooner, yeah. kind of like, let me tell you, darling. And, and, <laughs> but this other stuff, it's very sort of... Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's super it's fun. Complete, yeah. Have you, uh, before we go, are you reading anything you want to talk about? Uh, I just started... Um, what the heck is the name of it? Uh, I finally started biting into the, the Sherry Priest books. That oh, I, there that you I, go. But I can't remember the... Not Bone Shaker. Right oh, God, no. I, yeah, I know. So else. this is... Well, it's the same... Uh, it's the Clockwork Century. Okay. Um, but I can't remember. Huh. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but I just started that. And I, it, it, music-wise, I was going to say, uh, you know, I, I've been kind of on this... Uh, uh, Paul Schrader Mishima kick. Yeah, um, that's a great score. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I I've been re-listening to um, Philip Glass's uh, yeah. Mishima. Yeah, it's, it's, I I dude, that, the the, gold, the uh, what's the name of that one? The the Golden Pavilion. I was just like, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and Philip Glass, you know, we all know is like known for this repetition, this mm-hmm. repetitive. Um, and and sometimes it works for me, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Sometimes it does work. This this sounds. Kiana Squatsy works. Einstein on the beach works. Sure, that kind of stuff. Um, for my money, this is his best soundtrack. Right on. Yeah, yeah I would agree to, with with that. Yeah. Um, right on. Uh, I do. I'm not going to recommend. I'm going to kind of recommend a book in a weird way. Uh, for the holiday, I wrote uh, a story. And uh, it's yes, up on my did. website. Yeah. It's called Heart of Christmas. It's If you go to my website, look under writing samples. It's a, believe it or not, it's a mashup of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, and it, it seems to have worked. I love people, it. People I, liked it. I adore it. Um, I love that um, if you're an Apocalypse Now fan, you'll get all the references. If There's you're a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer fan, you'll get all the references. If you're really cool... You're a fan of both, and all of it. Yeah, it's one of those things, I'll be honest, and I don't want to go too into this because I hate talking about my own shit, but it's one of those things where the idea, when it hit me, was like, this has been in front of me the entire time, and all you had to do was drink enough and smoke enough, and then you go, (laughs) let's do it. And so it's it's really quick. It's about 8,000 words, Um, but essentially, Hermie the Dentist is sent to terminate King Moonracer's command with extreme prejudice right and if you know anything about what i'm talking what that means you'll you'll you should read this but it's on my website um that's it yep thanks to matthew sylvester for coming on matthew rocks we're going to get him we're going to try to get him on yep. in, in we're, gonna, a, we're getting to come back and talk about something really really obscure. yeah yeah he had a great <laughs> idea and so we're going to do that um we got some good stuff coming up Please go to the Facebook page, like it if you can, send us feedback. We want to know what you want to see or what you want to hear. Um, and if you are an artist or a creative person and you think that you would be a good match for the show, contact me or Langley on yep. um, Facebook. All right. Episode 153. Yeah. Done. Bam. For the Podcast, I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary.